torn to pieces. Hell, he was torn to penis. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. This is a professional bowler. That's uh, quite a feat. Sorry about the whole weed thing. Smoke me. I work for harder guys than you, bro. Are you kidding right now? Oh, well, we'll fix that in post. Oh, he didn't even have the money to fix that in post. That is the saddest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Do you know how bad you sound? Most indeed. Yeah. 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 You'd know that if you'd ever listened to my podcast. Hey, every once in a while, you got to do it, right? You got to listen to the podcast. You got to do it. You got to do it. Especially if it's uh, a special February 7th, 2023 edition. Episode 223 is what I'm talking about, Bull After Bull. I am Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And you're here in the bowl with us. Coming to you live on stream.bowlafterbowl.com. Also, on the Mighty No Agenda stream. Every damn Tuesday. Write it down. Check it out. Hang out. Or maybe you're listening in the future. Futuristic. Because, you know, these things, like, they go up and... You can listen to them anytime, like, forever and always. It's madness, I tell you. Madness! Madness for mad lads. Oh, man. It's been a mad lad week. No doubt. It feels like, it feels like a lifetime since we sat down last Tuesday. Yes. Um, hell, it feels like a while since we even sat down over the weekend. We've just been, uh, we've been at it this week. Full court press, man. Yep. Full court press. Uh, it was just the day after... Uh, last bowl, in fact, that I went in and passed my instructor certification. Woohoo! How do you like them apples? I like them. I had to take this like standardized test thing in a testing center. If you've ever taken any kind of test for certifications or uh, licensure requirements or anything like that, um, it's one of those like Pearson View fucking lockdown regulated training center type situations, you know? Where you go into a quiet room of a cubicle and there's other people taking other tests that you don't really even know what they're taking. They might t- be taking, I don't know, any of like a thousand different tests. But yeah, I clicked through it. I, I, I had a couple study cram guides and I read it through and, you know, it was mostly like, most of it was pretty intuitive, let's say. But they had sort of specific things they wanted to lean toward. Mm, opinionated. Yeah. And the answers were all like... uh you know, it was all multiple choice, but they'd have, like, what is the best uh, answer out of these given answers? And there would be, like, a list of four all, like, somewhat reasonable answers. So you'd have to find, like, which one's the best? What should you do first? That kind of thing. And this was about teaching, specifically? Yeah, it's for, like, technical instruction. Huh. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> frankly, 
I did not. I have. I had no idea how what my score was looking like when I hit submit. I was just like, well, <laughs> running out of time, so put this baby in, and boom, there you go, passed. Nice. Passed. Well, well above the the water line, the bare minimum. So good job. You did it again. They let you know immediately after. They did. Like right when you click submit, it like the wheel spins and then it tells you your score right away. Nice. So no like waiting for New York to call you back or any weird shit like that. It's just right away like, oh yeah, you did it. Good job, kid. They take your picture at the beginning and it's on like the printout they hand you of your results. Oh. And uh, yet again, I have another photo where I just look like a fucking... Serial killer on death row or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's just awful. Well, it looks like you're about one inch away from the camera, too. They did have me scoot quite close. The angle, the Which, perspective uh, is uh, not flattering. And it was a little bit of a fisheye situation, you know. I look like... uh, The image kind of looks like what you'd see if you were looking at me through your peephole. Yeah. And I was knocking at your apartment door. It, uh, I don't know, it brought bad, back bad memories. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> When you're on the run. <laughs> that's what it looks like. Nobody's home. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's behind me. Thank God. Thank goodness. And they're like phasing this thing out anyway. So likely we'll never have to do that one again. Maybe they'll find uh-huh. a new one that we have to do. So you're certified for life. Certified, yes, forever. 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 Oh, man. So much to recap. So much to recap. Uh, today, breaking news. I just found out that... Uh, the final episode of Abelcraft has been dutifully uploaded now by Abel Kirby. Oh, wow. It is now available. How do you like them apples? That's awesome. I'll put it in the show notes. It uh, it was one that we recorded, I want to say, around a month-ish ago. Maybe not quite a full month, but uh, close. Definitely close. And uh, yeah, we just kind of did a full... Recap of the project, kind of why we're stopping the podcast, um, kind of the state of things now. I wish I would have known a little more about Wave Lake's new changes because I kind of mentioned Wave Lake because they were just coming back on the radar a little bit. Uh, but I'm kind of excited about the future of that now. Um, so that should be interesting stuff. But yeah, you can now officially give it a listen. I know I pitched it like a few episodes ago. And then uh, some people reached out to me and they're like, hey, where is that? I can't listen to it. Where is it? And uh, I didn't have the keys to that particular car, so I couldn't drive it nowhere. But uh, you can definitely hit that now. And uh, it's, it. it's the final one. It's the Yes. Uh, so I got to play that drop again. That's nice. <laughs> Came I th- in handy. I, I knew it. I suspected it the whole time. Uh, but I think it kind of confirmed that uh, Abel Kirby, he just wasn't really ready to say goodbye. Uh, so there you go. Bittersweet. Goodbyes are never easy. Bittersweet. But uh, yeah, I thought I was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> he just has a different way of showing it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Wait to publish. Oh, man. Prolong the exit. Well, uh, biggest wildness of the weekend was definitely... Wait, Thursday. Thursday? Yeah, Asina turned four. Well, yeah. 
And we went to Legoland. We did. I just wanted to recap on that. Yeah, no, please do. Families that listen. TLDR, I don't think Legoland was worth the price of admission. It is a pricey ticket. That's for sure. And they charge you the same whether you're an adult or a kid. Which is abnormal, let's say. Although I get it, Legoland's for kids. Legoland has this weird... uh, kind of Mexican standoff they have where they don't allow kids in without an adult and they don't allow adults in without a kid. <laughs> so you've got you got to go uh familyed up. Yep. It's the only way it works. Otherwise you can't get in. Uh I don't know if they still do them, but we went to an adult night like way back when we first moved to KC. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was more fun than paying admission and going during the day. Good god, that was like 7 years ago almost. <laughs> like 6 yeah. and a half years ago. Yeah, that was interesting. A lot of things just weren't working. There were things in disrepair. They were, I mean, the kids had a good time. Oh, yeah. Which is the most important thing. Yeah. But, uh... They were some of the youngest kids there. I did get a combo ticket, so we'll be able to go back soon to the little aquarium they have attached to it. Yeah, there's a sea life over there. Uh, within which we've 30 never days, been to. Within 30 days, you gotta go, so... thinking the week after next probably would be the time to do that. Sounds good. I'm just telling you now because I'm thinking about it now, and uh, yeah. I oh. have it penciled in already. <laughs> okay, solid. Good work. Knew I could count on you. But yeah, Asina had a great time. Yes. And that's what matters because it was her birthday. And then we got to traverse over to the candy store mm-hmm. and let her pick out candy. And then we came back and I made the most busted-ass cake of all time. Um. Yeah, but she loved it. I was like, I didn't even take a picture of it. That's how bad it was. It was a strawberry cake. It tasted delicious. It tasted good. I made the frosting, which was all right. The box said extra moist, and yeah, they weren't lying. It's the truth. They weren't lying. The moisture content was definitely uh, present and detectable off off the charts. Of course, the highlight of the week was Friday. Friday was uh, pretty epic. Uh, we started the day off with a Bulls with Buds, a little earlier than usual. Not the earliest we've ever done. Remember, I rolled out of bed like... 7 a.m. Squinty looking around when we did uh, Bulls with Buds um, with zero fee routing. That's probably the earliest one we've ever done. But it was close. I, I got up early for that one. We went live at noon, but I had a lot of stuff to do to prepare. And uh, Sir Chris Vox Ubered on down to the bowl for an in-person Bowls with Buds. And it's the first time we've ever had a live music situation as part of the setup. And it kind of made me realize like how much gear I need to get. <laughs> I need to add some gear going on. <laughs> I need to f- troubleshoot some grounding issues going on. Things of that nature, you know. You know. I need like eight more XLR cables. Because, I don't know, what is a podcaster without... Eight additional XLR cables. It's too bad you can't 3D print those. You know, there's something to be said about that, for sure. If I could 3D print XLR cables, man, my life would be changed. Yeah. <laughs> for the better. Um, but it was awesome. We yeah. had such a great time with him here. That was super fun. Your day drinking. You know. Jamming. Getting a drink on. He uh, picked us out a couple tunes. On the acoustic guitar. Left a beautiful custom pick, by the way. Yes. Guitar pick, that is. Um, 
Yeah, what a rock star, man. In the literal sense, he's out there doing it. So that was cool. We The show was at Ameristar Casino, which I'd never been to before, but my dad dealt blackjack there for a few years. Um, What a trip that, that place is. That place is wild. It's like the casino is inside in its own little section, but when you walk in there, there's like a big-ass hotel, and then you walk out of the ho- hotel into like the casino area, and there's all these restaurants, and there's this big curved ceiling that is painted like sky blue with clouds on it, and it's done so well that like it feels, it does not feel like you're outside at all, but it looks like you're outside, which is very disorienting at, ver- at the, f- the first kind of moments of it. Yeah. Kind of look up and go, what the hell is going on here? I'm not sure. And then restaurants galore. All sorts of restaurants. We met up with uh, the one and only Reverend Cyber Trucker. Yeah. And his lovely wife. And the Mrs. Mrs. Cyber Trucker. Yes. It's true. And uh, we snagged we snagged them into our section. Yes. At the front right. And we snagged them into a picture with Chris Fox before the show. We did get an epic shot of Chris Fox. He was all done up in the Kiss makeup. The uh, the little Ace Freely style uh, kiss makeup with the big old platform boots and everything. He looked like a giant next to you, Lorian. I know. <laughs> That's not hard, but those uh, seven-inch heels helped for sure. No doubt. I'm used to people looking down on me. <laughs> oh, man. I will say that it was more challenging than I kind of had anticipated as far as like having all four of the kids <laughs> at a rock concert, which hello, like you would think, Hey, that's going to be sort of a challenge. Right. Uh, but also was kind of like nice to rise to that particular challenge. Definitely. And, uh, we had like the hearing protection for all of them. And, um, I was just kind of taking turns like, putting the girls on my shoulders so they could see, but trying to like stay low enough so I wasn't being too annoying to people behind me. Um, yeah, you were getting a hell of a workout. Kind of wrangling John because he just kind of wanted to wander off any direction he could. Yeah. He wanted to pick up uh, airplane shots off the floor. He did. He found some like little airplane <laughs> shot of vodka that someone had snuck in, and I was like, dude, you gotta give me that thing, man. Like, you're gonna get us all in trouble, man. Yeah, you're too young for an MIP. No doubt. How does that even work? <laughs> uh, your 18-month-old has a airplane shot of vodka. Like, he didn't drink it, man. He just found that shit on the ground. Yeah. But then he was making eyes at the ladies behind us. He found some friends. Yeah. And the lady was playing with him with her jewelry and stuff. It was cute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He is quick to make friends. No doubt. Lady friends. Lady friends. He's yeah. a lady slayer. One of them said, he's too young for you. <laughs> and the lady was like, I can wait. Oh. <laughs> I had to give her the look then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, it was a great time. Um, Asina, of course, this it was like her birthday 2.0. And she fell asleep. She did at the very end when ACDC came out. Yeah. The only, only person I've seen fall asleep to uh, live ACDC tunes. I know. I saw her nodding off, and I was like, oh, is she having, like, a heat stroke? And I touched her, and nope, just sleepy. <laughs> yeah. And then she slept through the rest of it. She had the uh, heavy eyelids. But Rayla, she was rocking it. She was, man. And that was kind of, like, the most rewarding 
magical moment of all of it. Like, uh, she was up right on my shoulders, and then I just feel her, like, head banging out yeah. <laughs> up there to the beat. And I couldn't see her, and I couldn't, like, watch her. And I really wanted to, like, see all of that. But just, like, I could feel it on my shoulders. She was, like, really getting into the, the rock and roll. Yeah. And the Rev had her making the devil horns. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the he, Rev got a picture too. He did get a picture of that of that moment, and uh, that was that was magical. I will treasure that for a long time. Yeah, Ray of course saw Billy Joel when she was about eighteen months old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was about how old John is now when we went to see Billy. Yeah, maybe a little bit younger, and that was cool too. She was into it then. She was also head banging at that show, <laughs> and she was very excited that Ozzy came out and played "Crazy Train" because that's her favorite song in the world. She loves Ozzy. She loves the "Crazy Train." Yeah, so it was a great time had by all. Uh, the kids grabbed a bunch of like the confetti streamers that pop out at the at the <laughs> end of the show and brought them home. Yes, and then reused them the next day because uh, my pop had a little spaghetti birthday dinner for her, so they brought it up to be festive. Yeah. For Asina's birthday and his birthday combined. Because mm-hmm. he'll be watching the Super Bowl with his pop next weekend. That's right. Yeah, his birthday is on Sunday. And we said, yeah, get the streamers out of our house and bring them to Pops. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a great move, actually. Yep. Strategic. Great move. Great birthday week. Lots of fun had. You know, Asina said she liked your cake better than the one that was picked out by your sister for the birthday 3.0. That was very touching. Yeah, I just wanted you to know. I don't know how you bribed her to say that, but... Uh, I didn't. <laughs> uh, no, that made me feel a little less bad. A little warm yeah. inside, you know? Oh, well, we had a confetti candle on the cake, too. Yeah, that's was true. awesome. I found that at the little, like, clearance bin that our supermarket has where they mark shit down to get rid of, and it's like this cannon candle thing. You put it in the cake... And it has a fuse, just like a firecracker does. And you light that thing up, you put, there's like edible confetti. Don't ask me what's in the shit. Edible confetti, you pour it into the little cannon. And then you light this fuse and you just think, oh my god, it's going to like just explode or whatever. And then the thing is just like, and the confetti just pops up maybe like three or four inches out of the cannon and then falls right on the cake. Epic. It was fantastic. Perfect for a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. So once I run out of those, I don't know, I'm going to be the bad guy all of a sudden who doesn't Uh-oh. have the confetti cannons for cakes. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Can't win them all, you know? Yep. Uh, I've been winning some 3D prints, including these fantastic upgrades to the bowl, these uh, headphone stands. Oh, these are wonderful. Um, JM Prints designed this headphone stand, which I will say when you print it out at first... There's three parts. There's like a clamp part, which is the main stand that holds the headphone. There's a long screw or a short screw you can print out depending on, you know, your distance that you're clamping it on. So for me, like I've got it right here on this pretty thin shelf. The shelf itself is, oh, I would say a little more than a half inch. Uh, So I picked the long screw so that it would fit all the way. And then there's this thread that you slide in and actually... Is the part that's threaded the screw can go through. When you first print it out, you kind of got to wrestle it in there. You really have to force it in and turn it. But now, uh, like once you get it all the way threaded through and pushed through, then it comes in and out like a champ. 
it's like that first time, you know, you don't really know what the fuck you're doing, but then after that you get a hang of it. Just goes in and out, no problem. So, yeah, I think I'll put the STL file in the show notes. Yeah. Or at least the thing of link or whatever. Something. I'll link to it. Because uh, I know some uh, podcasters out there who probably could use one of these little uh, headphone sets. Yeah, they're sweet. I, Definitely beats putting the headphones on the floor. I also printed, uh, it was hot off of the printer, what, this morning? Yesterday morning? I think yesterday. it was yesterday morning. Uh, a Buddha Pepe for our boy Icy Grills. He mentioned he would be like printing nothing but Pepe's if he had a 3D printer. So I was like, shit, I'll make you a Pepe, dude. So that was the first Pepe. I think I have some other Pepe designs I'm thinking about. And maybe we can just <laughs> bulk ship them over the border to Canada. They'll be like, what the fuck is all this? I got a box of Pepe's here. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to get through customs, but we'll just, we'll see what happens. Yep. Try it out. Try it out. Uh, you know what else I would like to try out? What? Giving thanks to the bowlers. Oh. Um, something that we do every show. Because the bowlers give us value every show. It's a value for value proposition we're talking about here. We do the show. We put value into it. Uh, we try to. We think, uh, you know, what, what could the bowlers use this Tuesday? And uh, we, stink, uh, we stick it in the show. And then we just ask you, would uh, analyze it, think about it, evaluate it. And return that value uh, in some form, sometime. It's not like uh, we demand an X number in every single show. It's not, uh, that's the beauty of value for value. You know, it's it's a personal relationship that uh, kind of forms over time. And um, it seems the bowlers really do get it. Because when you compare... The boost to the number of downloads, the, the ratio is, is so high. And so we're really like, I don't know, just so grateful. I can't really say in words the gratitude. And like, I think about it every once in a while, you know, of, of how, of what that really means. Like the show's not for everybody. And I totally get that, you know? Yeah. It takes maybe a while to understand and get into and get in the format. But the people who get it and stick around really do get it and they seem to get value out of it which um uh is very humbling and uh we always want to thank our bowlers who come in uh with treasure right up front by name including we had a a big bad baller paypal come in today let me load this here in fact around five this afternoon uh our good friend farmer todd oh farmer todd it's been a while since we heard from farmer todd and uh he's uh probably busy in the syrup shack right around this time of year. Uh, or if not, he's getting ready for it. But no note from Farmer Todd, just 50 bucks. Thank you, Farmer Todd. So we very much appreciate that, sir. Yeah, we love Farmer Todd. Uh, we also have Kevin S. Yeah, Kevin. Of the uh, middle coast of California. You know Kevin S. He comes in with his uh, monthly $5 donation. We very much appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, you can find that PayPal link at the bottom of bullafterbull.com. There's a little donate button. You can click it and stick it. It's very convenient. What can you say? Uh, the other way we always talk about the boosts, boostograms, streaming sats. All of this is the, uh, brand new podcasting 2.0 way to live, uh, where you can get a modern podcast app. What you do is first you take off all your clothes. And then second, you go to nudepodcastapps.com, and then third, you pick you out one. 
uh, I actually always suggest people pick out like three of them and start with three and see what you like, see how you like them. Because that kind of gives you not only a kind of a wider range, you can see what's going on, you can see the different experiences, because all of these are different experiences. Uh, you can also practice transferring sats back and forth. It really teaches you how to use Bitcoin on the Lightning Network. And it's enlightening, and it's educational, and it's a hell of a lot of fun. Real-time feedback to the show uh, is what it entails. So... We always like to thank our boosters, and starting with Harv Hat, who boosts us on the outro of each episode, and last week was no exception, 1420 sats. Yeah, thanks Harv Hat. Come from Harv Hat out of Boost CLI, appreciate you. Uh, next up, we had 1,000 sats from Node23. Oh. That's out of Podverse, and uh, the note says, connect to Node23. We'll have to take a look at that. We'll have to take a look at uh, Node23. I don't know, 100% if you want to connect to my uh, semi-reliable node. Although, knock on wood, we have uh, had some stable channels for the last few weeks. So that's nice. We've seen payments routing pretty regularly. No force closes outside of my own home in the last month. So, um, you know, maybe I will. Maybe I will add a channel. or Maybe I'll finally get this... Uh, third node up and running like i've been threatening to do for so long uh next up we have our man hey citizen coming in hey citizen he is also coming in out of podverse and he hit us with that 6969 69 69 dude this was actually an ablecraft boost Aw, Ablecraft. And he said, Necro boosting, can't wait for that final episode to drop. <laughs> so wait no longer, hey citizen, it is ready to rock. It is ready to rock. And by the way, I think I mentioned this on the last Bulls with Buds, but uh, since Ablecraft is no longer per, uh, publishing episodes, I will be mentioning those boosts here on the show. Because, you know, you can't go without love for That's the right. boosts, for the boosts of Ablecraft. The boosts will never die. The boosts live on. Boosts live on. Uh, speaking of boosts, we have Boosty Steed. You may know her as Booly Steed over on No Agenda Social. She sends in 9999 sats on Fountain. Woo! And uh, she was actually boosting our Bulls with Buds with Vox. Nice. Six days ago, this came in. She said, Vox, sit on your laurels. IRC, Troll Room Presence, a podcast, and Bitcoin Albi Wallet. Possibly, you have more gumption than technical wizardry. Nonetheless, huzzah. Huzzah. So fantastic, uh, Steed. Correctly pointing out Vox, although uh, she is a admitted and self-described technophobe, is still uh, more tech-savvy than your average bear. This is one of the coolest things about Boost 2, is that it's forever and ever. So you can necro-boost till the end of time. Old episodes. It's a great point. Whatever, just go back. You know, you discover someone new. You want to see uh, when they hopped in the bowl years ago? Go do it. You can still boost them. I think that's really fun, too, with the guest splits for guests uh, who have been on the show to uh, kind of get one out of the blue, you know, weeks, months, or even years down the line. It's crazy. It's crazy the the capabilities we have now. I love it. We had several uh, tests come in uh, while I was setting the split up for Chris Fox, and I learned something new. I learned that Podverse is now surfacing the 
live item schedule for shows so you can see Ooh. what's coming up. Uh, I haven't followed up. I need to reach out um, and see what's up. But the split, the guest split did not seem to take or to go through. It seemed to boost the regular overarching value tag where it's just half to you and half to me. Okay. And 1% for the boost bot. Uh, so yeah, I, I will have to reach out to Mitch and see. Uh, maybe if we can test that further, but that's cool to see another app because before then, CurioCaster was the only one showing you upcoming pending live items anywhere in their app. So uh, I think it's a great user experience to show you know who's coming up and uh, well what shows are coming up, especially when we have bowls with buds being scheduled. Next up, thirty three thirty three sats. That's from Dame Trail Chicken. Ah, oh, thanks, Trail Chicken. Oh my. Shut him up. Shut him up. <laughs> uh, 3333 sats. Yes, I even have a noise for that. Uh, from Dame Trail Chicken. And she just says, bowl boost with some lightning emojis flanking that. So that's fantastic. We appreciate that. And we did mention that on our Bulls with Buds. But she was boosting down their giants and listening to the uh, that episode there. It would seem. We have a bunch of stuff that came in uh, while we were live with Sir Chris Vox, and we have thanked bowlers on that episode. Uh, so the next boost in chronological order comes to uh, comes from, I should say, Hey Citizen again. He's coming in at a pod verse, and he sends one sixty nine sixty nine. Sixty nine, sixty nine, dude. Oh yeah, thanks, Hey Citizen. Killer, much appreciated. Uh, next up. C Dubs hit us with that eleven one eleven. Oh yeah, thanks C Dubs. Satchel of five Richards. I saw the uh, big eggplant emoji come through in the <laughs> chat, so you know it's real. It was actually an eggplant and a flame emoji, so it's like a a burning satchel of Richards. Pretty hot. <laughs> Roasted Richards. No note there, just the boost. We appreciate you. Um, he was boosting, by the way, that episode with Servox, which anybody who does that for all time, uh, Servox gets his, Sir Chris Fox, I should say, gets his third split, 33%, going over to him forever into his Albi wallet, so, uh, you're helping onboard people who never had sats ever, which is fantastic, it's really mind-blowing. Uh, I neglected to mention Hey Citizen's note, how stupid of me, Hey Citizen had said, it's amazing this shit works at all. Amen. And I cannot agree more. <laughs> cannot agree more. Uh, eighteen twenty-one came in from our boy Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. You know what that is? That's a. Thank you. Missouri Smash Boost. He says LFB. Let's fucking bowl it. Amen, brother. Amen. He was boosting the uh, live tag out of CurioCaster. In this case, we also had the Madman himself, Booberry. Boobs. Mothman of the Miniocalypse coming in on Boost CLI. Look at him boosting from his own node. Not asking nobody for nothing in terms of permission. He just gets on there and does it himself through Boost CLI. And he boosts 17776, the extended freedom boost. Uh, he says, Imagine punching the president in the dick with the back of my throat. Oh. <laughs> I am imagining it right now. Yeah, I'm imagining boobs doing it. It's uh, it's really taxing my imagination, let's say. 
quite a sight. <laughs> uh, next up, 7777 from N.A. Millennial. That's right, our buddy Greg Daniels. Yeah, no. <laughs> Greg Daniels. Greg Daniels, coming in. Uh, from Fountain. No, this is Dan Gehring. MMO.show is the show he does. Two shows before us on the N.A. stream every Tuesday. So he's our Tuesday podcasting buddy, him and John G. Dew to the Millennial Media Offensive. And uh, he says, do you think smoking drugs is cool? <laughs> uh, I'm just going to go with yeah. 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 Without any qualifiers or couching it, how about that? Sure. Why not? It's cool. You're cool. Always <laughs> been cool. I hope I did that right. <laughs> Are you smoking drugs right now in a millennial? 8888 from Bully Steed. That comes out of Fountain. And she says, Bowley Steed in the bowl. Yeah. You beautiful people. Thank you, Bowley Steed. The one and only Bowley Steed. Who's bowlier than Bowley Steed? No one I can think of. 4269 coming in from Harv Hat. He always is boosting when we go live on that live stream. He's always watching for the pod ping. When I send it out, he sends that boost. That's coming from Boost CLI. He's also running Sovereign on his own node. That command line app. 3333 is next up. Let me ding it. There we go. Four threes. That's from Servo. And uh, he sent in some mysterious Japanese characters that uh, I probably will have to run through a translator in order to decipher what the hell it means. Because I really don't know. I really don't know. Let's see if uh, Google knows. Impact is what I'm being told. In uh, Japanese, impact. Impakuto. Impakuto, uh, Servo says in the bowl. So there you go. Serious Impakuto. <laughs> Thanks, Servo. Appreciate you. 4,200 sats coming in from our man Lavish out of uh, Fountain. Hey, Lavish. And that's a KC boost, he says. Yeah. Appreciate you. Love a KC boost. What have we got for KC boost? I don't know. There we go. <laughs> that works. Shit. I love boosters. Gotta love boosters. Shit. <laughs> Shit. We should get, I don't think we have any kind of KC specific drops at all. Mm. Something to think about. Yeah. I, uh, I know that. Um, oh, I know what I want. I've thought about going and grabbing from Blazing Saddles. Oh, it's like yeah. right in the middle or right in the beginning when they're working on that railroad. And he's like, y'all just standing around like a bunch of Kansas City faggots. Yeah, that's a good line. Or you could grab a Travis Kelsey's You Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party. That's a pretty good one. Very KC. Or uh, Shut Your Mouth, Know Your Role, <laughs> Yeah, Jabroni. Everybody's been saying that over <laughs> and over again. Yeah, that was great. I think the Google trend for Jabroni went sky high over the uh, past week. <laughs> yeah, Jabroni. Yeah, Jabroni. Oh, or man. a little uh, Tomahawk Chop. Yeah. The chop will not stop. That's right. Just saying. Just putting that out there. Whoa. He's chugging it, man. Yep. He's chugging that titty. Uh, 16969 coming in now. 6969, dudes! And uh, that's from Hey Citizen again. He's back with hey. another boost. 21 minutes ago, he sent it from Podverse, and he said. Shrugging off my growing attachment to use guys, 
I can quit anytime I want. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you keep telling yourself that, hey, citizen. You keep telling yourself that, and we'll keep believing it. Uh, finally. Oh, I got two more. Look at that. I scrolled up a little bit. Uh, one is 6543 sats from Bully Steed, also known as Bully Steed, out of Fountain, uh, who says, four-year-olds rock the world. Ain't that the truth? They're fun, for sure. Ain't that the truth? And then finally, uh, the latest boost, 10 minutes ago from Lavish out of Fountain, 8888. Ain't that grady, great, grady, great. Uh, and he says, is that a third note or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the third note is still but a twinkle in my eye, if you know what I mean. But uh, I will, uh, I will impregnate that that little think center over there. You've been working on it, son. I have. I've done. I've done little like uh, preliminary stuff. You know, the OS is loaded. Several things going on. Yeah. Well. Boosts and PayPal's aren't the only way to contribute value to this production. We also appreciate talent that comes into the bowl. That's right. And that can be in the form of a voicemail. Every week, we have a first time I ever topic. And this week, we want to hear about the first time you ever hosted dinner. So all you have to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 and the play of That's right. We'll play it and we will not screen it. If you're voice shy or have terrible reception, you can also text or send a picture. And I neglected to mention the simplest form of value, which is to just pass the bowl to someone you think might enjoy it. Passing the bowl, man. That's what you do. That's right. Of course, you got to be sly and slick about it. You never want to pass the bowl to the wrong person. Might get you in trouble. But you know it. You know it when you meet them. You just get the feeling. You're like, man, this guy would probably bowl. This gal would probably bowl. That dude is a bowler. This uh, chipmunk on the side of the road is into bowls. Uh, that kind of thing, you know. And uh, that's the moment. That's the magical moment where you pass the bowl. It's not the thing that you just go around telling your all your aunts and uncles and cousins about every day. Because then they'll think you're even weirder than they already think you are. But... At the right time, at the right place, it's a perfect, uh, perfect way to spread the love. And we appreciate those bowlers who are out there doing it all the time, all the time. Uh, it was just last week that the oh man, I need to call that guy actually the the, the CBD guy. Remember, he yeah. was like, hey, somebody was telling me about bowl after bowl, which is hilarious because I've been in there and left stickers and stuff, and they don't listen to me when I say it. No, it takes a a. <laughs> Third party. Yeah. You know, unaffiliated with the podcast, someone saying, hey, you should check out this show. Anybody can say, uh, listen to my podcast, but uh, when somebody says, listen to this other guy's podcast, I guess that's a different story, right? Yeah, then it means something. Then it's, uh, it's not just you talking. You'd know that if you'd ever listened to my podcast. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know how it works. I'm just keeping, <laughs> keeping it going every Tuesday night. What can I say? What can I say? Uh yeah, is that the uh is that the value segment? I believe so. All wrapped up nice and tight with a little bow. 
Uh, so that usually leads us into a little bit of. It's right. Uh, everybody wants to build a node now. It's a cool thing to do if you're, uh, what do we call ourselves? A content creator. I've never called myself that. Yeah, that's what they call us. That's what the, that's the label they slap us with. Uh, but we like to call ourselves, you know, value for value renegade marauders out here. Just spitting into a mic and value enabling our podcast. So we don't have to ask a bank for uh, any kind of favors. We don't have to scan our butthole ID at the door. All we got to do is build a node on a uh, little computer and plug it into the internet and watch the sats come in, go out, shoot all around. It's a fantastic, um, it's a fantastic endeavor for so many reasons. You can have your own bank and payment processing center running right in your basement. First Amazing. of all, for a couple hundred bucks if you buy all the equipment new or. For free, if you just have an old laptop you're not using, uh, and a big enough hard drive. You got a terabyte SSD. Still work with a terabyte. Be totally fine. It's a fantastic uh, proposition. I thought, though, that uh, tonight it was appropriate maybe to talk a little bit about the state of the mempool. Ah, the state of the mempool. The state of the mempool. In fact, I'm bringing it up right now. And we look at the mempool. And it is a Tuesday night. Usually, I don't know, a little bit sleepy on a Tuesday night. We have 47 blocks pending right now. Uh, The cost, the minimum cost to get into the next block, which by the way, it's been 36 minutes since a solve. So the minimum cost to get into the next block is 14 sats per virtual byte. And I don't know, let's just click on one of these blocks. Load it up. This one, not looking so shabby. Let's load a couple more. You will notice, especially in the greener blocks, some big-ass ugly squares in there. Mm-hmm. Look at that one. Does this have to do with something we talked about last poll? This does have something to do with uh, our friends over here putting NFTs on the blockchain. Uh, it's been a hot topic. And I think last poll we talked a little bit about it. And, uh, you know, kind of the implications and, and what the dealio is. And I don't know. Last week, I really didn't care. I couldn't be bothered. Yeah, you were in that third group of people. That's right. The people who shrugged and said, you know, TikTok next block, Bitcoin, Bitcoin don't give a shit. The chain keeps it rolling all night long. That kind of thing, right? Yeah. I have to say, like, the more I'm reading about this, the more it annoys me. I'm getting more and more annoyed at this, uh, you know, some people are calling it a, an attack on Bitcoin. I don't really see it as an attack on Bitcoin. Uh, I think that that's not really my interpretation. But uh, I do see these block size. Uh, so l- let me back up. Let me back up. They're called or- ordinals. And essentially they're NFTs on Bitcoin's layer one blockchain. The guy that made them doesn't want to call them block, uh, doesn't want to call them NFTs for obvious reasons. NFTs kind of have a, a bad rap, especially in the Bitcoin world. Uh, so he is calling them inscriptions. 
Okay. Uh, actually, he wants to think of them as digital artifacts. Cute. Uh, but everybody just kind of winks and nods and says, okay, yeah, ordinal NFTs. That's what they are. And essentially the way it works now, mind you, I've been reading about this since uh, kind of first having it come across my radar last week. When I had a, you know, when I talked about it last week in the bowl, I really hadn't formed much of an opinion about it. I still say I wouldn't be fully informed of an opinion, but I'm just saying like the more I read about it, the more it's getting on my nerves. Uh, basically the latest upgrade to Bitcoin the Bitcoin protocol is Taproot. And Taproot, among other things, basically allows you to include a shit ton of witness uh, signatures or witness information in a transaction. And so effectively what that means is there, there used to be a limited additional uh, amount of witness information you could add to any given transaction. With Taproot, that limit has been essentially removed. Mm. And so any transaction can now, uh, through this ordinals protocol, include as much information as will fit in a single block, which for practical purposes, uh, the limit is right around two megabytes, but uh, the theoretical limit is four megabytes. And indeed, that has been tested and shown. I, I had a snapshot of the largest... Uh, transaction, the largest block ever mined, I should say. And God is that ugly. It's just a big green chunky square. Yeah. A 3.96 megabyte block, which includes a 3.94 megabyte ordinal NFT inscribed. So, I don't know, there was maybe two, three dozen uh, other transactions that were kind of jammed into this block along with the big ass ordinal NFT transaction. Um, good God! So I, it's, it's hard for me to even understand where to start. So essentially, what happens is you can encode any data that you want. It can be a JPEG, it can be a dumb looking monkey picture, uh, it can be something as uh, even you know a little bit more high effort and interesting, like somebody put uh, a Doom. Like the classic shooter Doom, they put a fully functioning eight bit eight bit video game of like a Doom clone onto the Block Explorer. Uh, okay, interesting, but, but most of this stuff it's just being done because it's possible. Yeah, and that's sort of where the the uh, I don't know the intrinsic value ends. It's like, oh, we're doing it because we can. Which isn't necessarily always the greatest reason, right? Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am all about uh, freedom and do whatever you want so long as it doesn't fuck with other people's shit. Right, as long as it doesn't fuck with other people's shit. That is kind of the key here and the sticking point. If this kind of thing continues, basically these, uh, uh, I don't know, it's it's almost like graffitiing the blockchain, Right. Mm-hmm. it's like uh, you're going to graffiti the blockchain with some silly message and you're going to pay extra to do it, by the way. These these block, uh, these transaction fees, even at like two to three sats per virtual byte, actually add up to 100,000 plus Satoshis nominally. So even though the fee rate is quite low still and reasonable and you look and see, oh yeah, look, oh, I can still get a three 
sat transaction through. Um, although, like I said, I mentioned before, right now it's 14, so it's creeping up. Uh, and mainly I think that's because looking at it right now, it's just been a while since the last block solve. Cause the last block had one sat transactions and the last few have had one and twos. So, you know, you're crowding out other, let's say, I, I don't want to say that the other trans, these transactions are illegitimate, right? Cause they are, they are legitimate Bitcoin transactions by definition. If they weren't, they would not be acceptable to miners and to other nodes out there, but they are, therefore they are legitimate Bitcoin transactions, but maybe, uh, less purposeful, let's say. And, uh, you know, a lot of the people on the pro side are arguing, well, who, you know, who are you to say what's, what's, uh, you know, what, my, what my purpose is, my purpose isn't good enough to use the Bitcoin blockchain's permissionless, right? I don't have to ask like, what you think about my transaction, I can just put it in and do it. Uh, and that's very well true. There's no doubt about that. But uh, I think that we have to just step back and look at the consequences of the state of the mempool. And when I looked at it today and when I read more about these frigging ordinals, uh, it just was more eye-rolly to me. Essentially what they do is they inscribe this data onto a single Satoshi output. And so that becomes uh, inscribed forever on the blockchain with this data. Why? So I guess you can go look it up later, you know, and and, and you burn all of these uh, sats in mining fees just in order to have the privilege of having done it, you know? It's like if I could uh, pay a bunch of sats and then, you know, spray paint the bull after bull logo on an overpass somewhere and then it like, has to stay there forever. Mm. that's kind of how I look at it or it's kind of how it feels to me from a layman's perspective right yeah it's just and so now I'm in full boomer mode of like can ordinals get off my lawn yeah yeah. when I'm trying to put in some channel opens and then uh, we get kind of clogged mempool action uh, and uh, I don't know it just seems very weird the the People in favor of this are just saying, like, well, it can't be censored. What are you going to do, censor it? I don't like censorship. Uh, but just backing up from a data perspective, there's always been ways to kind of, let's say, graffiti or write on the bathroom wall when it comes to the blockchain. The Genesis block has a message in it. It's the, uh, the uh, headline in the British newspaper, you know, Chancellor on the Brink of second bailout for banks it's always been accessible you could always do it from the very beginning uh write arbitrary data to the blockchain and so the debate isn't whether or not you should be allowed to write any arbitrary data at all i don't think that debate really exists anymore it's kind of been hashed out and this how that debate was settled is there was the op return with an 80 byte uh limit so you can put 80, you know, different characters together, put that out, and that's your, that's your little graffiti. Okay, whatever. That's on the blockchain forever. It was only recently that Taproot blew it wide open to the full size of a block. So now there is no real size limit other than the block size limit itself. And uh, I think that just in a more competitive 
transaction environment, that's going to lead to some serious issues for what, in my opinion, is just not really that great of a cause or not even a cause at all. Um, these same debates have already played out. And uh, things like uh, the DNS, they wanted to include, <clears throat> excuse me, early in the early days of Bitcoin, they wanted to include like a DNS system and service on the blockchain. And uh, Satoshi right away was saying like, well, you know, we don't have to put all proof of work protocols combined into one single data set. That's not really fair for people who are only trying to download the blockchain and transact on the Bitcoin blockchain with Bitcoin as a payment system to have other uh, data sets, you know, that they don't have any care about. Yeah. And so that eventually split off into a, its own fork called Namecoin. And they ran it on their own chain, which seems to me to be kind of the move, you know? Like, if you want to do goofy blockchain proof of work uh, stuff, why don't you just do it on its own thing? It's like a very separate uh, situation or use case going on. Agree. A lot of the hot take mainstream stuff coming out saying, uh, oh, this is revitalizing uh, Bitcoin development, or oh, this is uh, getting everybody excited again about Bitcoin. And uh, it, it just seems like a very fiat kind of excitement. Like, okay, so more people are clogging up the mempool, but does it directly result in, in any kind of problem being solved? any real world problem being solved. It's just like recreational blockchain. Uh, I don't know. Uh, goofing around. Yeah. Manufactured excitement. I'm seeing uh, things like a fee rate of 333, by the way. Oh boy. Uh, over here in this particular block earlier today, uh, this transaction set a fee rate of 3.33 sats per virtual byte which racked up a total of 202,571 sets. Mm. Uh, $47.17 if you think in fiat terms. All to print something onto a single Satoshi, which is the last Satoshi of the transaction. So one sat kind of in, uh, is made into a UTXO that includes that, that uh, arbitrary data, whether it's the JPEG or the video game or whatever it happens to be. Uh... I also saw this chart, and this is kind of where I totally lose it off of the cliff. Rarity tier. They are now rating sats by their rarity. So the, the whole idea behind ordinals, by the way, is that uh, you can organize each Satoshi by the order in which it was mined or minted, right? And so common rarity tier is described as any sat that is not in the first, that's not the first sat in a particular block. 21 quadrillion of those common sats. An uncommon sat would be the first sat of every block. There's 6.9 million of those. A little more than. Uh, rare. Rare sats. That would be the first sat of the first block in a new difficulty epoch. Epic. However the fuck you say that. Uh, new difficulty epic. There are only... 3,437 of those particular sats. Once the difficulty uh, is adjusted, that will only happen as long as Bitcoin is being mined. That will only happen 3,400 times. Epic rarity. That's the first sat in the first block after a halving event. Every four years, there's a halving, and there will only be 32 of those until all the Bitcoin is printed 
or is minted, mined, oh. whatever you want to say. I'm off this train. Legendary rarity, the first sat in the first block after a coinciding having event and difficulty adjustment. So there's only going to be five blocks that have a having and difficulty adjustment at the same time. Uh, Epoch, I'm told in the chat. Thank you, Cotton Gin. And finally, Mythic Rare, the first sat in the Genesis block, which, you know, is not a spendable sat anyway. Yeah. Like, nobody can get there. That's the god tier rarity. There's only one of them, obviously, because there's only one Genesis block. Harvat and the Bull says, The fifth sat mind after I'm done taking a shit on Tuesday is worth the most. See, <laughs> that is immediately the, the kind of thoughts that I had about this shit. It's like, uh, I mean, you can go brain fucky on anything if you just, like, think about it a certain way, but... What is the point? What is the underlying mission here? What is what is the purpose? What's the goal? Why does that give you uh, your rocks? Now, I understand that it's probably a lot of fun to get under the skin of maxis and troll people and uh, just kind of do things to watch the world burn and piss people off. But is that really like a long-term thing that's going to like stay fun forever? It certainly doesn't seem to be uh, economically advantageous, let's say. No. It's not like this is, uh, you know, sustainable in a money sense. And, uh, you know, a sat is a sat. It's worth one sat. And so, I don't know. It just feels like they're trying to turn sats into pogs, and I'm, I'm not with it. I'm not with it. I didn't give a shit last week, but the more I learn about it, the more I hate it. And I think that there should be some sort of a reasonable cap put on uh the witness data that you're allowed to add oh. and and how, what that looks like from a technical perspective is way beyond my expertise i'll just say that right away like i don't i don't know but when taproot was added this was not the purpose of it and now we have this this madness yeah it's like a virus and i don't know if uh the casey bitcoiners group has been talking about this but what happens if people put illegal content on there yeah, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because for all of the people championing, the, championing, championing, god damn it, all the people celebrating the free speech aspect of this uh, graffitiing the blockchain, uh, the uh, creator of this standard, Casey Rodermore, uh, has already have he's already had to censor images off of the Ordinals Explorer. Mm. In fact, uh, the Ordinal's inscription 668 uh, infamously contained an image of Goatsy. If anybody is unfamiliar with Goatsy, it's basically like gross, disgusting shock porn. Um, and, the, you know, it's just kind of a, a style of image. If you've been around the uh, Subaru bits of the internet long enough, you've seen Goatsy, you know uh, what Goatsy is all about. And, of course, it only took 668 inscriptions for somebody to throw a goatsy up there. And if you look up on ordinals.com, inscription 668, there's just a big black page. So the, the ID is there, the address is there, the Satoshi is there, but the offending image has been scrubbed from ordinals.com and they will not show it to you. Oh, so it's not censorship resistant. It It is <laughs> in the sense that now if you go to that particular transaction in the blockchain history and download the full transaction. Oh, yeah, that's still there. That image is still there. But in their blockchain explorer where they show off all of this silly shit, 
uh, they have removed it from ordinals itself. Uh, so there's your, you know, free speech wow. champion, your censorship proof champion. Um, oh, well, we gotta have, we gotta have limits. We, gotta, we can't have the, uh, goatsy stuff. And so yeah. then as soon as you draw a line, you have to find where is the line, uh, full frontal wiener. Is that acceptable? What if it's a pretty wiener? What if it's not an ugly wiener? Uh, titties or that's okay. Bikini with a butt crack. Uh, where is the line? What's going on? Right now, I'm like just scrolling through these, and there's a bunch of different fucking pieces of food on a plate in like this gross 16-bit pixel art bullshit. Just like really brings you no joy unless you're playing a video game where all of this is rendered in you know such a way. It's the only kind of place that would make sense. Uh, a lot of the weird um, crypto punks guys, you know, which is other just dudes in hoodies pixelated. Um, th- this this kind of thing, you know, people get like an an oh, I'm a mint a series of NFTs. Did it do 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 do? Yeah, have you met my friend Butters? And uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't like this. It's just it just seems like a lot of energy and sats that are going to waste. And uh, you know, there's other argument being made of like, oh, but the miners, the miners are getting more fees. Um. You know, maybe. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. Um, I just run one S9 on top of my fridge in my garage, and I have not noticed any uptick uh, in particular over the past month. Uh, But I do notice in the mempool waiting longer for the same uh, transactions that I used to be able to kind of knock out in a reasonable time. And that's what annoys me. Yeah. That's what annoys me. Now, uh, uh... just to wrap this thing up, a lot of other people are saying, oh, well, you know, it's permissionless and there's nothing that we can do- that can be done. No one can stop it. Nothing can change it, right? Uh, and I think that it's just a dumb meme to keep repeating. I think, it, uh, I think it lacks understanding of the whole protocol and how it works. Like, there are BIPs, Bitcoin improvement proposals, that get put forth and accepted if enough consensus is reached to add them, uh, hello, this wasn't possible until Taproot, which changed things. So already something has changed. Change is possible. And so I think not only can this be fixed, but it should be fixed. And I'm sure over a long enough time it will be fixed. I just, you know, I'm not obviously the guy to come up with the fix or what, like, what the hell should be done. I don't really know. I don't really know. Uh, all I know is like, this is irritating. You're making uh, mempool very ugly with all these big, clunky, bullshit bricks. Get them out of my face. That's all. That's all. That's all. So that's the state of your mempool right now. Wonderful. I had a bit of some rants in the uh, in the uh, Bitcoiners group chat. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Is anyone in there thrilled with it? No, most people are in the group of like, well, I don't like censorship, you know? Yeah, who does? And it's like, it's like, okay, well, my point is like, is a character limit censorship? Is saying don't post your JPEG here, post it somewhere else censorship? Is the, like, if, if a character limit is censorship, then everything else in the protocol is censorship. The old OP return was censorship. The 21 million Bitcoin limit is censorship. Yep. Any rule that's imposed and has to be followed viewed through a radical enough lens becomes censorship. And I think it's just kind of a disingenuous argument to be made. It's not like 
these people are being fucking silenced and they have something important to say to the world, you know? There's right. plenty of other ways to post your goatsy. Yeah. This doesn't seem like the appropriate forum. It just seems misguided. And I hope that it will be fixed. And I, I suspect it will be fixed. Uh, but it's definitely something that has, has me rolling my eyes. That's all. But hey, at least we're not talking about uh, curly tits anymore. The fucking... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Binky. Yeah, Binky. Yeah, good riddance. Binky Bungo. <laughs> the fucking Miami Stadium guy or whatever. Yeah, well, you I know. mean, you know, uh, I guess that's the silver lining for me. Growing pains, right? Yeah. yeah Hopefully. I think so. Uh, I think it's definitely got all kind of the earmarks of a fad that can't last. But uh, it would also kind of be nice to have some legitimate checks on uh, what you can do with the software. And, and I think its purpose needs to be uh, kind of refined to a uh, digital cash protocol. And if you can build layer two or layer three uses for silly shit like NFTs or whatever the fuck you want. Uh, and, and that's what like uh, quasi intellect guys always say. They're always like, well, I think someday there will be a great use case for NFTs. I just haven't seen it yet. It's like, well, where the fuck is it then? You know, we always hear the real estate thing. And then once you, the very first moment you start picking it apart, it becomes obvious that like in order for real estate title to work with NFTs, you would have to have the whole current legal system on board with it already, which kind of circumvents the whole point of getting out of the current legal system in the first place. It, there's just... Like, it, it's just memes. There's no substance behind this shit. And so, yeah, that's that's my that's my pet peeve. It's a fad, but is it a fed fad? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. They got me ranting about it, though. Yep. Uh, only a couple other things that I wanted to mention tonight, kind of briefly. One, I got an email from Fold, and they are initiating a couple of changes uh, starting next Wednesday, February 15th, uh, they're, first of all, changing the Amazon gift card uh, sats back rate. Um, I guess Amazon has been kind of slashing the the bonus rates that they give Fold for, for gift card purchases. Uh, they've been offering 5% sats back on Amazon gift cards for the longest. Right. And so gradually Amazon has been cutting the kickback down and down and down to the point where they said it's no longer sustainable for them to lose money every time they sell an Amazon gift card, which it's reasonable. And they're coming out, you know, being transparent and honest about upfront, like, Hey, you know, we're losing our ass on every time somebody buys an Amazon gift card by giving you the sats. So they're all they're doing. They're not stopping the program. They're just adjusting the rate of sats back down to two and a half percent on Amazon gift cards. They used to have a five hundred dollar a month limit on how many Amazon gift cards you could buy, but now because they're bringing the sats back rate down, they're removing the limit on how many Amazon gift cards that you can buy. So the big baller guys can dump as much money as they want into Amazon gift cards. So there's that. Uh, the second thing is they're adding a 1.5% fee on instant debit card transfers. So there's several different ways you can send money to your fold card. And sometimes one of the most convenient, if you're just checking out and you look at your phone and you realize, oh shit, I don't have enough in my fold balance to uh, 
pay for the shit I'm buying right now, you could pop in your debit card and just do an instant transfer up to 500 bucks for free. If you were a whatever the spin of the month member or whatever they call it, you could do that three times a month for free. No more after next Wednesday, no more free instant uh, debit card transfers. They're going to have 1.5% fees on mm. that. And again, it's just the cost of doing business. Their payment partner charges us 1.5, uh, charges them 1.5% for every card load uh, that is gone is put through instant debit. So they're paying 15,000 for every million dollars coming through on instant debit. And they're just eating the cost all along. And so that just really doesn't scale, obviously. You know, you can only do that for so long. Yeah. It's kind of like um, if you go into a, a C store, like a mom and pop shop, and they say like $5 minimum on a credit card purchase, you know? And that's just because they have to pay a fee every time you use that. And so on a small enough transaction, or in this case, on a free transaction, they're losing money every single time it happens. So it's just not sustainable. So it's, uh, I saw a lot of people like bitching about this, but it really doesn't seem that unreasonable. Uh, there's still free ways to load your shit. You can do direct deposit. So you can just like get paid right onto your fold card. You can do recurring transfers. If you set up like, Oh, throw this much money in there every Tuesday. Mm. You can do that for free. And you can do one-time ACH transfers. Um, those you have to wait like, you know, two to five days or whatever for that to actually clear. But if you plan far enough in advance, it's not really that big of a deal. And you can still you can still use this. But, you know, I think it really it's just because Fold is scaling so big. They're just becoming so big. And so, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe there's better rewards programs out there. I, I have been on the wait list for a fucking year now for the supposed strike visa card that's going to come out someday. Um, and there's big talk of like great rewards there. And all these reward programs, they start out really aggressive and then they get more and more people on and, it, you know, it's the profit margins just get squeezed and squeezed. So who knows? We'll see. Right now, for me, it's still worth it. Yeah. Uh, just because all of the sats that I stack through using Fold are sats I wouldn't have got any, any any other reason or any other way. And, you know, either way I got to buy groceries, either way I got to pay my mortgage, either way I got to spend this money. So if I can spend it in a way that sends sats to me, then I see that as a win-win. Yeah, definitely. I see that as a win-win. If you uh, want to be a fully off-the-grid shadow boy, obviously it's a not a win. Uh, but you know, it's, it's too late for me for that kind of shit. Let's say if I wanted to disappear, it would have to be dramatic. So eh, what are you going to do? That's the fold update. I also wanted to talk a little bit about the boys over at wave Lake, uh, because I've discussed wave Lake a number of times in the past wave Lake, uh, is doing what Abel Kirby and I've been interested in a long time. The music, uh, streaming sats and value for value. And recently, they integrated RSS into their um, into their setup. Currently, you can upload a music album, and people can stream you Sats and Boost, just like uh, the post- podcasting 2.0 environment, which is very cool. Uh, I'm excited about it. They have little charts like Fountain does. Um, I'm in a group chat for that too. Kind of, they're talking about 
different things that need to go on and uh, improvements that they want to see. Uh, the limitation right now, so if you go to wavelake.com, that's W-A-V-L-A-K-E. Um, there's two buttons. There's player where you can see all of the music and you can see the top 40. Uh, also new stuff and boosted stuff. Uh, or there's also a studio button. So studio.wavelake.com. You can sign in for account and that's where you upload your music and they handle the creation of your RSS feed and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So what I had asked them and approached them about was, Hey, uh, my partner and I, we already put an album out on RSS. It's already self-hosted. I don't want to go and upload and create a new feed. I'm also not really that interested in walled gardens which was one of my, um, I don't know, one of kind of my sticking points when I first discovered Wave Lake. It was sort of a walled garden situation. You know, you like had to go upload stuff to Wave Lake to be in Wave Lake. And that's still the case right now, but uh, they've assured me that that's on their roadmap and they're going to uh, add a way to just import existing feeds. So nice. uh, I'm, you know, I talked with Abel Kirby and, we are going to move forward on getting into Wave Lake as soon as that's possible, but not before. I don't want to go over, like I said, and re-upload, basically redo the work that I've already done on releasing this album, and then have it in two places, right? Yeah. To me, that kind of goes against the philosophy that we had in the beginning of the project and the direction we want to take it, and sort of the proof of concept we made, right? The whole point was, hey, we've published our own RSS feed, I host those MP3 files on my own server and any app can uh, surface those, right? So like all of the podcasting 2.0 apps that you can boost and stream to, you can pull up Stay A While, the album, and you can listen to it. Now, it's not a music forward experience. It's not the best for listening to music. Wave Lake is a much more music focused experience. It's, it's, that's the point of it. Uh, but I just want to... I don't know, kind of lead the charge in opening that walled garden up. And so I'm looking forward to that. I don't, I don't, I don't have a timeline on it, but I've promised them that I'll stop bugging them about it, that I'll wait for them to hit me up about it. Because <laughs> um, they've assured me that it's, it's, uh, it's on their, their plans. And um, I think that the guys uh, involved have been uh, involved in other cool projects, so... I don't. I don't really see this as kind of a Borgish thing or anything like that. Um, I think these uh, guys are also op interested in in free and open stuff. Uh, they just also have to, uh, you know, make sure things are tight before opening it up bigger and bigger. You know, you don't want to have a system where you have some kind of bugs or vulnerability that allows people to cheat or scam your system, uh, and then just let the whole crazy world in you know these things have to be done in increments so um yeah i'll have more news when i have more news on that but i just thought that uh it was it was interesting and worth talking about because i've been having those conversations over the last week yeah that's exciting no doubt so that's the cocaine this week man all right that was a hell of one <laughs> i think i heard some pins fall yes indeed you did uh including right when we rolled out of the uh, value segment dirty jersey whore hit us up in fountain and uh he sent 19,760 sats Ooh. uh he said this space was intentionally left blank <laughs> nice excellent uh we appreciate that also 4444 you dirty whore from fletcher 
Hey, Fletcher. Uh, and he says, I'll take the titties and bikini butt crack, please. Nice. Good you word. got it. Uh, Zoom Daddy 69 in the chat says, I thought this was a show about bowling. It is. It is about bowling. And you're a bowler. Welcome. Thank you. Yes, uh, thank you. Stick around at the end. We'll do the, the strikes we, and gutter balls. Right. That's when we hit the lanes. That's right. We save it. We save the best part for last. Whatever well, sent a possible KC boost oh. in the chat. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. Let's, uh, let me make sure I can hear you. I was going to say, I'm going to click on it. Go for it. Of course. Ah, classic. There you go. That's a great one. Thank Not you, bad. Lavish. Appreciate that. And why do you know I think of that? <laughs> I, do, I did make a big Kansas City playlist. I just don't have any uh, ISOs. And it's huge. Oh, Fletcher. <laughs> Fletcher sends 4444 from Fountain, and he says, Some get a kick from cocaine. Nice. A singing boostagram. It's true. I love it. I also love when I see the number 33 in the headlines. Oh, yeah. And this week I saw across the pond, pod homes for 33 homeless young people are opening in South London. What oh, is a pod home? The pods are, am- are now among us, huh? Yeah. It's about a 226 square foot apartment in America. You might call it obtainable housing. Okay, or affordable ho- or no, no, they changed the meme, didn't they? Yeah. Affordable housing has some governmental tie, I believe. It's a legal term, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So now they're talking about obtainable so housing. So obtainable housing, something that a young person can afford. Uh, and to get into these pods, one must have a full-time job or current apprenticeship going on. So you have to qualify to get in. And then... Do they have apprenticeships? I thought that was not a thing anymore. Yeah, it appears to be a thing. <laughs> the candle maker and his apprentice. Yeah. The butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. Yeah. Apprentice with them today. And then you will be charged just 33% of your salary to live there. Holy Moses. Yeah. That seemed like a uh, quite the price tag to me. So doesn't it like disincentivize making a lot? Yes. Because the more you make, the more you pay for your housing? Exactly. I didn't like that, but, you know, I also don't like the thought of living in pods, so there you go. America's <laughs> extinction crisis, big bold headline, data shows more than 33% of biodiversity could disappear. What do you think this is about? Uh, climate change? Yes, of course. How did I know? Uh, looking at you, California, Texas, and the southeastern states. Gotta keep that biodiverse, you know? Yeah. Threats that they mentioned included habitat degradation uh, and land conversion, invasive species, damming and polluting rivers, and, of course, climate change. The big bad ugly. So, yeah, there was a a little tell in here, though, that this data that they put together is actually a requirement for state and regional officials in creating their state wildlife action plans, which they have to do every 10 years to receive federal funding. Mm. So each state, it looks like, gets a million dollars. says there's $50 million available divided between the states. If it's equal, maybe some people have uh, better swaps than others. So, you know, got to put these scary numbers together to get, get our money. That's right. The budget demands it. Yep. 
And finally, a San Juan woman was stopped at the border traveling from Texas into Mexico with 33 AK-47s. Oh, man. Yeah. And there were more guns hidden in the trunk, the feds said. Oh, but they just got to 33 and stopped counting. That's right. Yeah, there were six other guns mentioned in the article and 38 magazines. Mm. So they also searched her house. This is very unfortunate. I'm assuming it wasn't like Field and Stream. Cosmopolitan. No, no. They found uh, two more firearms and drugs, unnamed, and $10,000 in cash. So, you know, pennies from heaven for them. Must Uh, be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Well, you know what is nice? What? Going behind the curtain. I couldn't agree more. Let's go back there right now. I've got the sniffles, but I'm not coughing into a coffin, and neither was anyone else this week. Well, that's good news. For that, I think the world. (laughs) Did you know that February is Marijuana Awareness Month? I did not. I couldn't find... I thought this was reserved for black history. Well, you know, I couldn't find the exact origin of this meme. Uh, I did see one article from 2016 from an addiction center, and I found out that Marijuana Awareness Month is a prohibitionist celebration, which just proves because Mm. it's Black History Month that prohibitionists are racist. Uh, checks out to me. It makes nothing but sense. I'm looking at the math. <laughs> uh, the whole thing is used to raise awareness of the negative effects of weed. Of course it is. And so uh, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration was participating in it. And, you know, our good old not buddy group Sam was participating in it. And by participating, I just mean tweets with links. Sure. So... But February 6th was National Hemp Day. Hemp, hemp, hooray. Yeah, hemp, hemp, hooray. Let's see. S3 Research of San Diego is going to be awarded a contract from the FDA on cannabis-derived product data and related services. What could that mean? You got me there. They got me, too. But there were three potential applicants, and they were the only ones that passed the smell test, I guess, from the FDA. This group is made up of current and past students and faculty members from UC San Diego, and the S3 is short for Social Surveillance Security. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Oh, I love it. Uh, They claim on their website that they use machine learning to detect illegal sales of opioids and other drugs online. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, hall monitor alert. Yeah. Tell me what to do and shit. uh, I was trying to trace their history, and it looks like they became a thing in 2017 when they won the National Institute on Drug Abuse Substance Use Disorder Challenge. And they were granted a Small Business Innovation Research Program Award. So they also participated that same year in a Health and Human Services Opioid Codathon after being invited by a colleague in the CDC. Great connections here, huh? Killer. So, of course, they get the contract from the FDA for cannabis-derived product data and related services. Hot damn. I take it as surveillance. Yes, Yeah. In short, the Yale School of Medicine is going to establish the Yale Center for the Science of Cannabis and Cannabinoids. Okay. They've defined this as a research center to study the acute and chronic effects of pot on neurodevelopment and mental health. Wonderful. 
Finally, we'll have a study maybe published about weed. It's amazing. There will be research that can be pointed to that's first, not all the research that's come before it. First time ever. <laughs> first time I ever see incredible cannabis research because it came from Yale. Got the Yale butthole stamp. <laughs> oh, well. That's a thing. Curaleaf, reportedly under investigation, this time not for giving money to Russians or getting oh. money from Russians or being Russian, but for using a radiation machine without state approval in oh Massachusetts. Oh, God, okay. Yeah. What do they need a rad source for, you might ask? I was thinking it. Uh, well, to alter the chemical composition of the flower. Basically, it's how you make... Weed that's not going to pass the standards testing, pass the standards testing. Oh, that's kind of gross. Yeah. The heat from the radiation, this is what they said, converts THCA into Delta-9. But it also impacts the terpene levels. Hmm. So you can, uh, I mean, I don't know, you want some radiated weed? Not particularly. <laughs> that's how they, that's what they feel they need to do to pass the rigorous testing that wow. goes on. This is what you get. Yeah, when you smoke cure leaf, I guess. Rads. <laughs> You're just sucking in rads. You can hear your Geiger counter clicking as you're smoking the weed. Yeah, as you walk into the store to purchase it. My gosh. Yeah, this story broke from an independent journalist who uh, works off of Patreon. Dude's got to start accepting value for value. But... It was interesting. He's got, you know, anonymous sources, but he shares all of his email exchanges and just redacts their names and differentiates each source based on their job in the company. Okay. So, Careleaf, man, they've uh, been in the public eye a lot lately. Yeah, never this, for good reasons. No, this isn't good. And, you know, he said, well, of course there's other companies that do it. So it's just another reason to stick with the traditional market. Uh, there's other Borg uh, companies. <laughs> Yes. There's, uh, we're not the only per people in big weed. No. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, that's very comforting. It's yeah. like Marlboro being like, oh, well, you know, Winston-Salem has shit too. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. There was some data that came out from the Department of Transportation's Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration showing that 41,000 truckers tested positive for pot in 2022 which was a 32% increase from 2021. Nice. Yeah, no need Woo! to raise the alarms everywhere because it wasn't 33%, yeah. of course. Uh, but this did come up at the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee hearing this week. Oh, great. And uh, the president and CEO of the American Trucking Association, his name is Chris Spear, he was there to answer Mr. Representative Boast's question, which I will play for you. My brother works tirelessly to get drivers. He gets the drivers, gets them qualified, makes sure he wants to have them, and then because of state law now that has legalized marijuana, they can't pass the drug tests. And it's happening all over this nation. And if this committee needs to know exactly how much that is affecting the trucking industry, and can you expand on that? As you know, the secretary asked me what keeps me up at night, this issue. <laughs> Someone who is impaired getting behind the wheel of an 80,000-pound vehicle. Here we go. And you got multiple states, over a dozen now, plus Canada, legalizing recreational marijuana. 
It's widespread. We're regulated by the federal government. We cannot have anyone impaired using marijuana or any other narcotic operating this equipment. So this channel conflict between the federal rules and the states allowing it, this ambiguity is creating a litigious environment, and we're caught right in the middle of it. Somebody's got to step up to the plate and put safety first. You want to smoke weed at home? Smoke weed at home. If it's legal, fine. Do not get behind the wheel of an 80,000-pound vehicle. We need to have strong standards, and we need to enforce the law. And it's tough to say that because we're short 78,000 drivers. Yep. I want more of them coming in, but not if they're impaired. They're not impaired. Can't afford that to happen. You hit a, a school bus full of kids, and they're impaired. That's on us. We got to do better than that. So this is an issue that I pose to you all. We have got to work on. Love that fear porn. So here's the thing: they're not impaired just because they popped a piss test. And we've said this over and over ad nauseum, but I'll say it again: just because a guy pops a piss test, that just means he probably smoked some time recently. Doesn't mean it's no proof of impairment. Weed, you can stop smoking for up to a month, sometimes longer. And because THC is fat-soluble, it binds to your fat and uh, fat deposits, and it can stay in your system far longer than any other drug and far longer than the supposed impairment. So let's, let's just totally put aside the impairment argument and just talk strictly about the piss tests. That's the real problem here. Right. The, the piss test isn't showing impairment, but you're just jumping to this inclusion of like, oh, the line showed up when you peed on the stick, you're impaired. And that's not the case. That's what ticked me off is he said, we don't care if you smoke at home. Well, yes, you do if you're piss testing you, these you guys. You absolutely do care if they smoke at home. Because if they smoke at home and they, then they go to work and then you pop a surprise test on them, it's going to be positive. Yep. And they weren't driving impaired. That's right. Yeah, it's a very... And frustrating. Why do you think it's all of these w- guys popping for weed? That's exactly why piss tests discriminate against weed. And that's why. It's just the body chemistry and how it works. Is this just ignorance? Uh, I think largely it is just ignorance, but uh, I don't know how much of it is willful ignorance. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's certainly ignorance, just objectively. It's right. an ignorant thing to say is what that guy just said. If they really want 78,000 new drivers, something's got to change here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, going hand in hand with this, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration adopted final rules to implement provisions of an infrastructure law, which included, of course, combating driving while high in legal states. Um, all that they put in there was more grants for education campaigns. So... I'm excited to see the stupid commercials that come out. Oh, yeah. Will that'll be, be great. A cheetah driving too fast, getting the munchies. <laughs> what will they think of next? Nah, I've already used that one. Well, they could bring the character back, maybe. That's true. I don't know. Good news. Oh. Luke Scarmazzo was granted early release this past week. He was 26 years old in 2006 when he was sentenced to 21 years in federal prison for running a state legal medical dispensary in California under Prop 215. Of course, weed is illegal under federal law. Right. Everywhere. 
So they raided him, arrested him, and he was sentenced to the 21 years, which he wasn't going to be done with until 2027. So um, they let him out four years early. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, that's all. Oh, my God. His partner was pardoned under the Obama administration. But so they left his ass in there. They left his ass in there. That's incredible, but, man. Um, I Yeah, his story was on 60 Minutes, and I pulled this clip, which uh, unfortunately was from the Young Turks, but this is a good bit that just shows how gross things are in this world <laughs> when the feds want to get your ass. The business gave Luke a shot at his dream of hip-hop stardom. He self-funded a big-budget music video that got noticed. Say it crystal clear till I make them understand. Another day at the office, this is business, man. If you owe me, homie, better be giving it up. Why you mad at me? Because I'm living it up. It was called The Businessman. And in the video, you see marijuana and, and money, and the government did not like that at all. Uh-oh. Just weeks after the video's release, federal and local drug agents pounced. I definitely think it was the fuel to the fire. They seemed to get per- more personally invested in it once, once the video came out. After they raided his shop, they had spray painted on the wall, who's effed now? <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, that's his mom talking, and that was Luke on the phone. Who's after now? Yeah, that's some petty uh, bullshit. That's like, that's exactly how criminal gangs operate. Yeah, and what are the feds? The legalized criminal gang. Yep. So, he was the last federal prisoner locked up in California for a medical weed charge, which is historic. This is, it's great. It's good that everybody's out, but god damn, it took a long time. Yeah, he can't get those years back. Yeah. So, pretty terrible. That's so sad, man. Freedom of speech. Man, you saw they just raided Afro Man not too long ago, too. (sighs) He made a song about it. Yep, I did see that. Uh, like (laughs) They were dipping into his snacks and stuff. Why did you turn off my cameras or something like that? Yep. uh, The music video just uses a bunch of footage he had from the raid. Yeah, I cried when he got to the part of about, like, why did you have to scare the life out of my kids? Yeah. Hate it. It sucks, man. They can just, you know, everybody's jumping up and down, legal weed, legal weed, and and, and it's uh, it's what we like to call the step in the right direction, right? It's a step in the right direction after all. But it's it's not, we're not there yet. You know, we're not across any sort of finish line. Prohibition is enforced in all 50 states. It's alive and well. That's right. And just because there's a little memo sitting at the DOJ saying, oh, well, just leave them alone if it's state legal, that could change tomorrow at a whim, at a whim, or any of these agencies who get a hair up their ass because some guy said, fuck the feds, you know? Yeah, exactly. If they want you, they're going to get you. They'll find a way. It sucks. (laughs) Denver is reassigning cops from their marijuana task force, what do you think they might reassign them to? Mm, pronoun enforcement. 
Today we talked about DPD's newly created fentanyl investigation team, uh, a team of one sergeant, five detectives, to try and disrupt the groups bringing drugs in Denver and investigate overdose deaths to find dealers. The ultimate bad guy of drugs, uh, this is it. The team was created because of how bad the fentanyl problem has become, but also because of the new law that increases penalties for dealing fentanyl. But even those who help write the law told us before how tricky prosecution can be. You have to show the person who is distributing the pill, knew it was fentanyl. So the idea is to become experts in fentanyl investigations through a dedicated team, become familiar with medical examiners, district attorneys, and community partners, and hopefully move faster since before investigators were split in a lot of directions. But they're also tasked with um, dealing with neighborhood problems and neighborhood drug dealing. You know, law enforcement in the past, addiction was a crime, and that was really simple. Now we know it is a mental health issue. It is a substance abuse, abuse issue. It's not enough of a change in approach for Lisa Ravel though, with the Harm Reduction Action Center. We chatted over email today and she wrote, you don't get the cartel that way or even mid-level sellers. You only get low-level sellers who are also people who use drugs. And that prohibition, criminalization, and the drug market brought us fentanyl and will bring us the next synthetic opioid. We're already seeing new drugs off of the East Coast. It's bringing back familiar concerns now that knowingly possessing more than a gram of something with fentanyl is a felony. And Wayville said it's going back to trying to arrest their way out of the problem, which hasn't worked in five decades and ultimately takes away from people getting help. You can't arrest your way out of some of these problems. It's obvious and it's been it's been uh, tried over and over again. It just doesn't work. But um, removing those people who are dealing is important as well. Yeah, that's the thing that I think not a lot of people grasp, especially these like on the street beat journalists. Like it's not about ending the fentanyl. You know, they're not trying to arrest their way out of a program. They're trying to arrest their way into next year's budget. Yep. It's just a money chase, and it works extraordinarily well. It's actually been incredibly successful. They think that, like, it's this big failure just because there's more drugs on the streets, but that's actually part of the plan. It's going great. It's a big cash cow. Huge. Uh A former Michigan House speaker's phone and records were seized by the feds. His term uh, in the House ended in 2005, and then he became a lobbyist and chairman of the Michigan Medical Marijuana Licensing Board for two years, which ended in 2019, his time there. And uh, that board reviewed and approved applications to grow and sell pot. So it seems that this federal investigation going on is related to his time spent at the board and alleged bribery. Mm-hmm. Tale as old as time. No doubt. Where (laughs) have I heard this one before? All over America. A Biloxi, Mississippi City Council member's CBD and Kratom stores, along with their house, were raided by the DEA this past week. They took $2 million in cash and thousands of finger-wag CBD products. Uh Uh-oh. People were reporting getting sick from edibles and oils that they purchased at his shops. And turns out... It was synthetic weed, uh, or K2, or spice, whatever you want to call or it. potpourri, or they call it a bunch of ignorant shit. Yeah. Not the, not the good stuff. No, and then he's trying to call it CBD. Oh my God. Ugh, makes you mad. You know, just, just call it spice. People will still buy it. Sadly, that's true. Yeah. You just got to be honest with people. You can't drug rape them. 
Uh, good news in Missouri, over 5,000 expungements have been granted. Neat. Of course, if you are currently serving a term in prison, you have to petition the judge for your expungement and release. And it looks like there are 27, yes, 27 prison expungements filed, but they are yet to be determined. Mm. We did have one guy released already, Adam Mace, which we talked about in a previous bowl. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Funny story out of Kansas City where officials are now asking the court to place the sales tax question on the April ballot because they missed a deadline for no. getting it approved. Yeah. Also, just tacked on here, they want to add additional taxes and fees for shor short-term rentals like Airbnb and Verbo. Oh, God. So that was in their ask to the courts also, which the hearing will be Friday. They blamed it on a postal issue. They mailed the documents to election authorities in mid-January, and three out of four received them. But because that fourth one didn't receive it, didn't get the deadline in. Based. I hope that the court's like, nah, screw you. Yeah, fuck your tax. Yeah, we don't want taxes on the ballot. Don't make me leave my house to vote. <laughs> <laughs> like it matters. Right. Big news out of Oklahoma, where a federal judge ruled... That the federal law prohibiting marijuana users from owning guns is unconstitutional. I saw that. Yes. Big time. Woo, I mean, this has been obvious to us the whole time, but I'm glad a judge finally said something about it. Yeah, it sets a great precedent from for everyone else. Just read the Second Amendment. Yeah, shall not be infringed. That's right. Huge win. There's no unless after that phrase. I looked at it. Uh, in fact, I looked at it again today. Yeah, it's one sentence, it right? It doesn't say shall not be infringed unless homeboy smoking weed. It just says shall not be infringed. Yeah. And then there's a period after that part. Now, this case was a guy got pulled over on his way to work and he worked at a medical dispensary. His car was searched, which like that seems like already he made a huge mistake. Always say no. But anyway, his car gets searched. Cops find weed and a loaded revolver, and he didn't have his state-issued medical card on oh, him at boy. the time. So he got in a heap load of trouble. Yeah. But yeah, doesn't matter now, because the federal judge has said, hey, this is unconstitutional. Well, thank you kindly, Judge. Yeah, we're Americans. We need our guns. ABC, always be carrying. Gotta keep that thing on you. That's right. And my final story for Behind the Curtain tonight comes from Canada, where a federal court ruled that the location data of large medical pot growers can't be disclosed. This has been a battle between journalists and Health Canada since 2017, when the Globe asked for a list of addresses for individual people licensed to grow and possess industrial quantities of weed. I guess they can grow like hundreds of plants at a time. So they claimed that those patients, well, first of all, anyone can become a patient and churn out commercial level weed, you know, and make a, a traditional market out of it, shall we say. Uh -huh. um, and they were saying, the journalists were claiming that those patients were marks for robbers and organized crime. But Health Canada turned around and said, uh, even general location details could break the patient's private health information. So we can only give you province-level information. 
And the journalists appealed and said, no, that's not enough. Can't you give us some digits of postal codes, which work quite differently in Canada than they do down here? You know, in heavily populated area, be a little bit more specific where these growers are. And uh, Health Canada refused to release the info. And now the judge says, yeah, this risks identifying patients and therefore it is protected from being disclosed. Whoa. It's like a uh, good old American Freedom of Information Act battle right there. No doubt. Yeah, that's all I got. Excellent. Well, there's some good news at least. Yeah. On the weed front. Never all good, but, uh, you know. A few steps in the right direction. That's right. We take <laughs> what we can get in the whole uh, war on weed. It's a, it's a war of attrition, no doubt, on both sides. Oh, man. Uh, we do have a metal moment, though, from the Rev, who we partied with over the weekend. Yeah, Rev. And uh, I'm looking here in the folder, and there's a file dated from the 4th. And then there's also a file that says full for today's date, the seventh. So I may just have to I may just have to do an early fade on it, but let's see. Should we check? Should we take a chance? Yes. Let's roll it. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Known for their technically complex guitar work and musicianship, Megadeth is one of the big four of American thrash metal, along with Metallica, Anthrax, and Slayer. Their music features complex arrangements and fast rhythm sections, dual lead guitars, and lyrical themes of war, politics, religion, death, and personal relationships. Releasing their debut album, Killing Is My Business and Business Is Good, in 1985, on an independent record label, Combat Records, it caught the attention of bigger labels, which led to Megadeth signing with Capitol Records. Their 11th studio album, United Abominations, included an updated version of Atula Monde, featuring Christina Scabia of Lacuna Coil. From the 2007 album United Abominations, this is Megadeth, Atula Monde, Set Me Free. Don't remember where I was, I realized life is a game. Seriously, I took things The harder the rules became oh, I had no idea What it cost My life fast before my eyes oh, I found out a little I accomplished All my plans tonight So as you read this know my friends I'd love to stay with you all Please smile when you think of me My body's gone That's Break. 
nice. Yeah, you hated to fade it. I know, I did. <laughs> I did hate to fade it. I wish I was smoother with the mouse hand. But we roll with those punches, you know what I'm saying? We need knobs. I gotta have physical knobs, man. Gotta have physical knobs. But hey, we make it happen. Just like the Rev. Driving all over the place. Threading the needle to make the hairball show happen this weekend. What a great time we had. Yeah. Right after the truck broke down, too. That's right. He, uh... The stars aligned. Just barely made it out of a Colorado breakdown in order to arrive uh, in time for the show. So it's always a treat. It's always a pleasure when the Rev can hang out. We do definitely love and appreciate you, Rev. We also love and appreciate all the bowlers that call in, sharing with us the first time they ever did a dang thing. We change the dang thing every week, and this week we happen to be talking about the first time you ever hosted dinner. Uh, let's see who phoned in. In the bowl. In the bowl. So this is Vox, and yes, I did have a question for Chris Vox. Since Uh-oh. we uh, share nomenclature, I was wondering, Chris Vox, how did you come about your moniker? Um, mine is self-titled. My parents did not name me Vox. Uh, it happened because I was a I was a DJ in a titty bar, okay? Nice. And they told me that I really needed to take a, a pseudonym so, because the guys that come in there can be, I don't know, creepy. And the, the less they know about you personally, the better. You know, they don't need your name, your address, your phone number, any of that shit. So that is why I'm Vox, and, and that happened when I was 18. So it hasn't been like, God, longer than I, I want to. I want to remember. But I want to ask you, how did you become Chris Vox? What is the story behind Chris Vox? In the bowl, my In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl box. This hit the voicemail box, by the way, at 516. Uh, so we were already headed toward the, the venue at that point, unfortunately. But uh, Chris Fox, the vocalist, it does refer to uh, him being the vocalist and the singer. Uh, and we'll have to ask him. Maybe we can, maybe he can send us in, or maybe he can call in a, a more detailed answer to that. Yeah. I'll have to text him. See if we can get an answer on that. Thanks so much. Thanks for your question, Vox. Yeah, I love you, Vox. And uh, it has been the week of Vox, because before Chris Vox, we actually had Vox in the bowl. That's right. So Bulls with Buds, Vox is back to back. The stars just aligned for that. Uh, Here is uh, a a voicemail from the Rev that I did not uh, know came in either. Thanks, man. Rev here. I don't know if we're going to be able to get this or not, but uh, we're, I'm running a little bit late. I'm pretty sure nobody wanted to sit and smell me, so I had to take a shower. Oh, yeah. We're running about 30 minutes late. We'll be there about 6.35-ish. Yes. See you in a minute, man. Well, he did end up making it. He made the, made it in time to have a little bit of dinner and then go to the show. Yeah. Even uh, smoke a couple cigs on the casino floor, which there's something... I don't know. There's something baller about being able to smoke inside these days. It's like the little things, you know? Definitely. Oh, and I do want to point out that Baby John ate chicken wings with bones in them. He did. And he was fine. That's right. Didn't we talk about uh, the danger of chicken bones or whatever? Yeah. With yeah. that school that didn't, uh, couldn't have chicken wings or whatever because yeah. uh, they have bones in them, God forbid. Well, our 18-month-old, he... Uh, he smashed on some buffalo wings. He smashed on some bone-in buffalo wings and then went to a rock concert and was still awake at the end. So get a, 
you know, put that in your pipe and smoke it, I guess. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. That's right. Everybody knows that, for crying out loud. Uh, and everybody knows this next caller, for sure. Whoa. Long time, no voicemail, right? Hey! Look at this guy. Yeah, the first time I ever held a diner hostage. Yes. <laughs> um, or, 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 or hostage, a hostage situation with a diner. I mean, yeah. I worked food service for a while, and uh, I only held a couple diners at gunpoint. We just want to know about the first um, one. In like a hostage situation. <laughs> the first one, yeah. Uh, like the... The one guy, like, uh, you know, my buddy was a bartender. I was just working back in the kitchen doing prep work and fucking grilling steaks and shit, you know, but. Sure. The, uh, the guy, the guy didn't fit my buddy who was working the bar. So, you know, I'm, a, I, I got a lot of flaws, but if nothing else, I am a loyal friend. And, uh, I fucking, I fucking held that dude at gunpoint. It was a 72-hour Mexican standoff. Oh, man. That's a long one. Um, I mean, the guy was Italian. He drove a Tesla, so he was, like, pretty far. It wasn't, like, a literal Mexican standoff, but it was a figurative Mexican standoff. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, we ended up hatching it out, working it out with a, just a friendly game of rock, paper, scissors. Best out of three. Always finish on shoot. You don't go. You don't You don't drop it on scissors. You drop it on shoot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a gentleman. Oh. What was I talking about? <laughs> no. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Sir Seat Sitter code <laughs> back. Man, I got to holler at him about dreams. I've been, uh, been talking about him since, uh, talking about it to him since like November, and I just haven't picked a date. Wow. Yeah. Shame on me. I'll, I'll figure that out. I'll figure that out soon. We got to do dreams three. Yeah. Yeah, I've been having weird dreams. So, I always Sitter, have weird dreams. You gotta check out abs in a six pack if you haven't heard that shit. Go to shitmyass.com. One of the greatest URL names of all internet history. Shitmyass.com. <laughs> um, it is great. You remember the uh, first time you ever hosted dinner? I don't remember the first time. I, I've been trying, scratching the old brain about it. Yeah. Uh, But perhaps one of the most memorable times was... When a bajillion people came over for Rayla's first birthday. I'm talking my family from out of town. I'm talking our elderly neighbor. Mm-hmm. I'm talking coworkers from your place. Coworkers from my place. We had a bajillion people. That over. was kind of wild. I forgot about that, actually. Yeah. Your family on both sides. And uh, I made my lasagna. <laughs> Everyone likes a good lasagna, except for one of your cousins who brought chicken nuggets to eat up in the microwave. <laughs> Nuggies. A soccer player, oh, no doubt. Oh, my God. Uh, but all the kids liked the lasagna. All the adults liked the lasagna. And there was salad and uh, chips galore, munchies of all assortments. I put Cheetos in a bowl. It looked nice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh but yeah I, I feel like i made the place look pretty nice your dad printed up these big paw patrol characters for the front yard yep we got the place all decorated and paw patrolled out it was a good time yeah it's back when we allowed people to come over here yeah remember that? <laughs> barely when there was only one kid barely remember that to be honest with you mm. three dogs one kid oh and it was also a um 
uh, puppy get together. Oh yeah, where... we did. We had the puppy reunion. Yeah, because Rayla, she's her first word was dog. She loves dogs, and so we had you know family friends over as well. I mean, the place was packed: backyard, front yard, inside. Oh yeah, old college friends, and yeah, the dogs. People brought their dogs, and the dogs were running wild in the backyard. And uh, luckily, everything was all out and going, and I think there was a bowl being passed somewhere. And my dog spotted a dog, a stranger dog, way up the road and dug out under the fence and ran after it. I remember that. (laughs) So I had to temporarily leave the dinner I was hosting to get her back. Luckily, it just took a few claps and a shout. She came back. And that dog ran off scared, even though it was three times the size of her. She's an intimidating presence. She is. She's a sheepdog, but miniature. So, yeah, um, I th- think that was the first time I hosted dinner. For real, for real. That like, It was the stress test. No doubt. Of dinner hosting. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was a lot of fun, actually. But everyone got a full belly. We should and, do uh, some kind of barbecue situation this summer. Yeah, definitely. A meetup. Have meet a up. gang over. Do a meetup. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, stress test with barbecue, Kansas yeah. City style. See, it was my Massachusetts family that kind of screwed that up because they're like, yeah, we don't like barbecue. I was <laughs> like, fine, have some lasagna. You don't like barbecue? You're not invited. <laughs> Should have said that. Why don't, you go to, why don't you go to Denny's? Come over when you're full. Yeah, we ain't got friendlies out here, but we can point you to a Denny's. Uh, we can point this next caller to our vocal mailbox. Happy, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. It's also Merry National, well, it's also uh, National Fettuccine Alfredo Day. Oh. That's what we're having for dinner. Is that what you're, that. you're hosting? The uh, dinner of yeah. Fettuccine Alfredo? I'm just about to hop in the shower and I was opening up NAS and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, bowl with buzz, or bowl after bowl. Gotta, gotta, gotta call in, leave that vocal mail. You That's know? right. Uh, first <laughs> time ever hosted dinner. Uh, yeah, little things, I guess, like making some stuff for the, when I was living at home, like making some stuff for the parents, and, but that's not really hosting, I guess, is it? And, uh, like, probably, although didn't very, very recently, would be, or within the last few years, would probably be just when you used to have the now wife over for uh, dinner. And uh, the job I used to have would pretty much ate free all week long, just because of how the, how it was and, and stuff like that. So we'd, our uh, default thing, when, or the default thing I started having at the house is just uh, some Trader Joe's, like, frozen stuff, so that way anytime she came over, uh, we'd be like, oh, yeah, I got some food kind of thing, because uh, I usually didn't have very much food at the house, just because the aforementioned uh, I was able to eat for free and and then whatnot, so I'd, probably the first time would probably, I guess, kind of be, that's what comes to mind, put it that way. There we go. Rambling set it down. So it was uh, the mandarin orange chicken and some uh, Ooh. like fried rice with chicken and then uh, aspirant, a.k.a. stink pea. Um, um, yeah. So probably, I guess, be the first time that I can like really think of that stands out. Very nice. And uh, funny enough, well, like, ish is uh still kind of just a default throwback for us and uh every time we go to Trader Joe's we'll uh we make sure we have some of that in the freezer and uh that just becomes like 
you know, we're kind of down on the food, and that's what we have. And now it's saying in like tradition, not that we're big on Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day or nothing, but uh, it's kind of become the tradition now. Is even after we're married, is uh, to have to have that as a little meal. So, and it's something that she likes because I really don't cook, and uh, so it's just kind of almost like a memory for her. Like, oh, this is something that I would make for her. No, so, yeah. We'll go with that. So, how are you guys doing? How are doing the kids? Fantastic. Everybody doing good? Oh, Coo-coo-coo. yeah. How are the chickens? The chickens right. say, cuckoo! Oh, we got a state interest, cuckoo! <laughs> Fantastic cuckoo caller. He got it in there. Yes, I love that. Mandarin orange chicken, man. That, that's that got me hungry now in the bowl. Hosting dinner for your lady love. Very man, nice. I, I've... Uh, it's weird because I was trying to rack my brain too of there's plenty of meals I've cooked over the years right and then like camping you're sort of like cooking out and camping but it's not the same as hosting dinner uh I also had a few times where I would like cook for girlfriends over at their place and that never seemed to work out really great I don't know why oh the food was always like I don't know I thought it was good but uh I don't know it's too much yeah, they You're thought You're cooking it, in my place. Yeah, I did that one time for Valentine's Day for a girl. And I, I was so hard trying to just keep it very casual, right? Like, I didn't get flowers. I didn't get chocolates. I didn't get a card. I didn't do any mushy bullshit. I just put fucking three chicken tits in a Ziploc bag with a bottle of fucking Italian dressing, right? Uh-huh. And then I threw it in a Pyrex dish and I baked it. Yeah. And of course, it's goddamn delicious. But winner, it's not winner, like, chicken dinner. Yeah, yeah. Ah, she freaked out. <laughs> Why? I was moving in too fucking fast, or whatever. Oh, cooking dinner for someone is moving uh, too fast. You know, you're not allowed to like girls now, unless you're gay. Oh, girls have to be mean. It's the uh, upside down world that we live in. Yeah, no, but I do remember the first time. I think, I think, I remember the first time I ever actually legitimately hosted dinner. Uh, and that's when we did Thanksgiving in Columbia for all of our friends. Oh, Thanksgiving, over, yeah. Over at Washington Ave, we were living like right behind the high school <laughs> in Columbia. And uh, it was like some of our friends went back to their prospective homes for Thanksgiving. We didn't really have nowhere to go and no, nothing to do. Several of our friends were in the same boat. So we said, hey, you know what? We'll bake a turkey. We'll do all the regular Thanksgiving shit. And we'll just pass bowls around and, and eat this Thanksgiving dinner over in our shitty duplex. Yeah, with a and plastic fold-out table. We, we'll call it Thanksgiving, of course. And so we went to Walmart and bought like two folding tables and some chairs. And we set it up and it was super cramped and we had a great meal. And then the next day we returned the uh, table and chairs to Walmart and got our money back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And my dog was very pregnant. And some broke-ass... Uh, that was a broke-ass celebration. That's right. That was right before all the puppies arrived. Yeah. It was that night. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, only yeah. a few friends were still around to witness that. Yeah. The Thanksgiving got really dank. Yeah. Um, we, we midwifed the puppies. And everything did. was perfect, and they were all healthy and happy. They were. They were little adorable shits when they came out. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Here's an, a voicemail from another little adorable shit. I'll tell you what. Oh, <laughs> sorry, wrong show. Um, yeah. Oh, hey, bowlers. Uh, hey, hey, it's for horses. See. Dinner, dinner hosting. My first uh, was in my new, my new casa, 
and uh, former fiance. Oh. I was uh, hosting and feeding her parents my, um, not world famous, hell, I'm local. Not infamous, because that shit's good. Known on the streets. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd cooked some uh, real, real good killer barbecue for her parents. Based. Who, by the way, still like me better uh, than her, probably. Uh, <clears throat> felony meth whore. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that. Um, but, yeah, uh, if uh, uh, run for the win, <laughs> adios. Adios. Cheers. <laughs> Based and meat-pilled. Yes. I like me a good barbecue, man. I'll host a mean barbecue. That's for sure. And omelets. Omelets. You I will make great omelets. Fuck you up with an omelet. And it's just leveled up since we get our own eggs now. With consent, I will fuck you up with an omelet, no doubt. Cool. Well, thanks, bowlers, for calling in, sharing your first times, um, sharing sharing your uh, shower times. Also, love you, love it. Always good to hear from you, bowlers. Uh, we always gotta take this time to pick a next F tie. And uh, what's the deal? Oh, Cotton Gin is vouching in the chat for my barbecue prowess. Cheers. Yeah. Man. Love you, Cotton Gin. Come eat some more of my barbecue, man. It was actually your omelet, but he does. Oh, the uh, omelet, sure. He doesn't know when you're. Did I give him ribs. an omelet? Oh fuck yeah, I yeah, did a combo. Made... I put the ribs in an omelet for him. Holy shit! Yeah, and that's when we invented the omelet pizza thing. Fucking mad lad, dude. Yeah, come kick it. Uh, we can drive subs around the the hood together now that I have a. Subaru. That's right. <laughs> uh, let's see. First time I ever choked on something, got promoted, cooked a turkey. That's funny. Uh, hosted dinner can be crossed off now that we just did it. Yes, uh, indeed. Jumped a car. Oh, that's kind of fun. Can we talk about the first time we ever jumped a car? Yeah. First time you ever jumped a car. You ever jumped a car? Don't spoil it. Yeah, I got to tell you next week. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil <laughs> I got a couple of jumped a car stories. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. First time I ever jumped a car next week. And as usual, first time I ever are open to wide and uh, insane interpretations as right. uh, showcase tonight, of course. First time I ever uh, kidnapped somebody at a greasy spoon is somehow what that turned into. Which, uh, same thing, you know, he got the gist of the prompt. Yeah. He stuck the landing for sure, so that's all we can ask. Tomato, tomato. That's right. And uh, you know what that means. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold. Yeah, let's go bowling. I know. There was the a... chat's been waiting for this moment. Yes. I, thought, I thought this was a bowling show. It well, is. Here we are on the lanes. We're on the lanes. I'm got tying my, my shoes. Got my shoes on. I got my little powder puff ball here. Yep. Getting the uh, hand all nice and uh, grippy. That's right. Is that the technical term for this? Balls are polished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this grip is strong now. Yes, yes, I'm ready. This the... This lane looks well-oiled today, too. I'm let's, feeling good. Let's see uh, this epic tale. Maybe you heard it. Maybe you didn't. The treacherous conditions on the Columbia are the very reason the Coast Guard trains here. And training is exactly what they were doing when crews received a mayday signal. Due to the dangerous conditions, the Coast Guard decided a boat rescue wouldn't be possible. So they sent Petty Officer 3rd Class Branch Walton, a rescue swimmer, to carry out the mission. I kind of got thrown around a little bit by the wave. When I came up, I noticed that the boat was pretty much in shambles. 
and kind of split in two. Despite the rogue wave and capsized vessel, Walton reached the survivor. As soon as I got up, I let the helicopter know that I was okay. Started looking around um, and it, it worked out perfectly. After Cruz pulled the man to safety, he was taken to the hospital. The Coast Guard posted the videos and this picture. And from there, it didn't take long for people in the community to make the connection. The person rescued was the same man accused of putting a fish on the porch of the Goonies house two days earlier, <laughs> Jericho Labani. One of my buddies was like, dude, you will not believe what just happened. Like, check this out. The new owner of the Goonies house, Bayman Zachary, isn't surprised when people stop by, but he was surprised to see this. But he pulls out this gigantic, like, fish that obviously is not alive and just places it. And, you know, being from Kansas City, like, you gotta wonder, you know, is the guy sending a message and I'm going to be sleeping with the fishes or hey. something, you know? Fast forward to Friday. Astoria Police Chief Stacy County a thing explained here. they were piecing all this together when they got a call from the Coast Guard. The connections were being made that it was the same person and that he was at the hospital. And by the time we got involved, he'd been released from the hospital. What we've since found out is that he had taken the sandpiper from the West End Basin, uh, which is at the port of Astoria. Holy Around 7.30 Friday night, officers arrested Labani at a warming shelter in Seaside on charges of theft, endangerment, and unauthorized use of a vehicle. And he's Canadian. Wow. <laughs> it's like a real-life Trevor Phillips or something. Seriously, yeah. Incredible. Crazy tale. What is the deal? Twists and turns, dead fish on the Goonies porch. Yeah, the Goonies house is not going away. It's going to be on the lanes week after week, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> Man, we got we to gotta break bowls with that guy. We do, yeah. We should send him a message. Yeah. See if he wants to goof around on a show or something. That would be fun. That would be fun. See if he wants to rate my Pokemon cards. One of his businesses is collectible uh, trading cards and such. Ooh. Yep. Yep. Anyways, a uh, 82-year-old woman was pronounced dead at a New York nursing home, and then they brought her body to the funeral home, uh -oh. where she was determined to be very much alive and breathing. Three hours later. Wow, resurrected. Yeah. Doesn't this sound familiar to a previous bull story or from Iowa? Yeah, or somebody's just a dummy. I guess, yeah, they don't know how to... Uh, Check for a pulse. I guess, man. Uh, these people at nursing homes, they got to learn. Fogies sleep quite soundly. <laughs> yeah. Come on. They're not sleeping with the fishes yet. Yeah. You'd think yeah. you'd like, you know, nudge them a bit first. Hey, you all right? Wake up. Put the mirror under their nostrils. Oh, let me sleep. You son of a bitch. Yeah, well... She was taken to a hospital with no update on her condition yet, but, of course, the health department and state attorney general are investigating. Another call back on the lanes tonight. Australian officials did find that pea-sized radioactive capsule. Nice. It wasn't stuck on a tire or anyone's shoe or anything like that. No Homer Simpson bullshit? No, it was just... Uh, just south of a mining town on the Great Northern Highway. So they don't think it moved at all, just fell off the truck. And of course, there's an investigation into how this could have been lost. This very important pellet. 
Wow. What an inspirational story. <laughs> <laughs> it's radioactive, man. Oh, wait. I think I have a... Uh... Oh, where is that? That's an amazing story, man. That's, that's cool as fuck. That's... Yeah. <laughs> oh, Florida courthouse jander, who happens to be a 72-year-old woman, accidentally got locked in a holding cell over the weekend. Yeah, accident. That's what they all say. <laughs> she was cleaning the cell and the door shut, and then it's got an automatic locking mechanism on mm. it because it's a holding cell, you know? Right. So she couldn't get out. And ugh, there are pictures of her hands, which were all bruised and bloodied from banging on the walls and the uh, bars for so long. At a certain point, you just got to wait it out, right? Exactly, yeah. She's an insulin-dependent diabetic, though. Oh, but she, shit. She did survive until Monday. She knew no one was going to be checking there. It was on the 23rd floor, and it was a Friday night, so then it's the weekend. Oh, no. Uh, and she survived by drinking tap water out of the cell. At least she had that. But really, it seems like this is a huge failure on behalf of the security company that works there because for her job, she has to check in and leave her ID at the front desk to get her keys and then turn her keys in at the end of the night right. and take her ID to leave. So her ID was just sitting there. No one thought to check on her yeah. or find her. Say, hey, isn't it Mary's shift up? Uh, where is she at? Yeah, where is she? No one asked. Wow, what a bunch of jack-offs. So Monday... They got her out. She spent two days recovering in the hospital, and she's okay. Traumatized, of course, but sure. okay. It seems very boring. They have since decided to remove the automatic door locking mechanism on those holding cells. Wink, wink. If you find yourself in one. Oh, in right Minecraft. On. Excellent. Minecraft. <laughs> That's a, this is an excellent development, actually. This was where? Let me get my pen. Orange County, Florida. Okay, thank Florida you. Florida man. Florida man is on alert. Um... I'm on my way. And now they're mandating that someone from the security company walks every step with the janitor at the end of the night. So they get a buddy uh, now. That, you could just check in every, you know, X amount of time, right? Or just check for the IDs at the end of the night. Is there's anyone still in the building? It's like you have a holding cell, but there's no cameras pointed at it. Right. Like, what the fuck's going on here? There's a know. lot of issues. It seems like they went from... One to ten on this thing, you know? They did. But uh, whatever. Obviously, you don't want it to happen again, but, you know. Yeah, come on, Florida. Hey, at least they got rid of the auto locks, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Put them auto unlocks in. That's what I'm uh, working on. A seven-year-old woman was leaving her New York home when a sinkhole swallowed her. Oh, no. Yeah. She fell in. As one does. When the ground opens up beneath you. And then two men in their 60s attempted to rescue her, but ended up falling in as well. Oh, Jesus, that's helpful. Yeah. Listen, listen, it's reach, throw, row, go with support, okay? Don't be an asshole. Don't add to the death toll. <laughs> Don't be a hero. Don't try and be a hero. Yeah. Well, no, just be a be a hero correctly. Yeah, you, know? you gotta be smart. Don't try to be a hero. Be a hero. Thank you, yes. That's, that's much better. That's all. The sinkhole was six feet wide and six feet deep. And the cause of it is 
currently unknown, but they're pointing to heavy rains that recently happened. But uh, the cops did show up, and two guys together were able to pull everyone out. Um, as soon as you uh, said six feet, I, my hopes got up again. Yeah. Yeah. Just my hopes, though. Not too bad. They got everyone out. One guy was fine, and the woman and one of the men that tried to rescue her but failed were taken to the hospital. I didn't see any updates on them, but I think everyone's okay. No joke. When I see, like, pictures of big-ass sinkholes, like ones that swallow up, like, a corner of a block. Yeah. I get mind-fucked on that stuff, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's It's just, really like, scary. absolute horrific photo to look at. Just like, oh my god, look, the <laughs> earth just swallowed up a chunk yep. of the city. And it looks like it just goes on forever. It's one of those things you're just horrified and can't look away. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And never want to see in waking life with my own eyes. For this lady, though, I just hope her property taxes don't go up now that she has an in-ground pool. You know what I'm saying? New York State. I mean, <laughs> gotta watch them, uh, watch them regulators. They'll report you like that. It's true. It's true. Oh, couple in the North Bay area called a pest control company when they noticed maggots coming out of their walls. No. No, no. Pest control shows up, says, eh, it's probably a dead animal. Gonna have to cut some drywall. And then 700 pounds of acorns fell out. What the fuck are you talking about? Acorns? Yes. And it wasn't maggots. It was mealworms, because I guess mealworms and acorns go hand in hand. Sure. That makes much more sense than maggots. Maggots eat rotting meat, mostly. Yeah, that's why they were like, oh, shoot, it's going to be a dead animal. Uh-huh. No, nope, bunch of acorns, bunch of mealworms. They filled eight garbage bags with these damn acorns, and... Uh, Holy moly. The suspects came by, you know, and uh, were adding to the pile, to the <laughs> hoard, yeah. the stash. It was woodpeckers. Ah, woodpeckers, okay. I was expecting maybe chipmunk or squirrel, but... Acorn woodpeckers. Yep. That's a type of woodpecker. Yes, indeed. They're hoarders. Yeah. 700 pounds of acorns they stashed in this house. They know where to find them, they know where to stash them. Yeah, they had to pull out a lot of stuff to get all the acorns out of there. Oh my god, so uh, horrific. Unfortunately for the animals, the acorns weren't salvageable because they were mixed in with insulation fiber... Glass and rat poop. So that's lovely. Yuck. Yeah. Uh, I did snag an ISO from John Patrick, one of the news anchors over at ABC7 in California, who had this to say about it. Woody was hungry. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Woody was hungry. Oh, incredible. Woody was hungry. (laughs) Incredible. Great one. Well, he's not hungry anymore. Or actually, he is hungry because they just hauled off his whole fucking 700-pound stash of acorns. His life savings. Yeah, that's messed up, man. Woody was a prepper, and now all his hard work is for nothing. Yeah. How will the next generation of acorn woodpeckers survive? The moral of the story is you can't prep in somebody else's house. That's right. You can only prep in your own house. Yeah, Woody. Oh... Walmart people. What are they going to do next? This guy in Pennsylvania 
46 years old, started pouring bleach and motor oil and dish soap and maple syrup and jam jelly on the floor of the Walmart. Not once, but twice. Except the second time, he added pickles and hot sauce to the mess. (laughs) Uh... Why did he do it? Why? He said he was waiting in line too long and dissatisfied with the customer service at a previous location. Oh, man. He's just paying it backward. Yeah. He was frustrated with a different Walmart and went to another Walmart and I guess just got frustrated again and blew. I mean, it is easy to get frustrated at a Walmart, let me tell you what. I don't really expect customer service at a Walmart, though, you know? No, 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 no. You got to get in and out yourself. It's every man for himself in there. Yeah. And trash in the place, I don't think is going to help me feel any better. No way. No, that never helps anybody. It was satisfying reading that headline, though. Just get hauled out of there. A Walmart customer upset over long lines pours bleach, oil, syrup, you name it, onto floors. Oh, I'll name it all right. I've done it in my dreams. Just knock things over. Totally, yep. Break stuff, yeah. But not in Waking Life. Yeah. Uh, imagine for a minute, you're driving a black truck, you pull into a gas station, you fill up, you start pulling away and something falls out of the sky onto the hood of the truck, flops onto the ground. You get out to see what it is and it's a human penis. <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking a dildo, I'm talking... Flesh and blood penis. Wow, find of the day. Yeah. That's what I'd be thinking. I'd be thinking, <laughs> here's what I'd be thinking. Well, you don't see that every day. Yeah, so that would definitely cross my mind. That's That would be my first thought. I also thought of the woman who had the turkey neck or whatever. Uh, and thought, yeah. it's a penis. Oh my God. And it totally wasn't. But she that called- is somebody's penis. Yeah, she called the police. Oh, that's definitely. I called the police. Definitely the move. If you see a severed penis, you... Pretty much obligated. And that's what this person did. Uh, But the police said, oh, don't worry. It's not murder or assault. We think that this penis belonged to a motorcycle driver who was involved in a fatal accident. He's dead. Oh, fuck. uh, On the highway over yonder. And he was torn to pieces after being struck by many vehicles. Torn to pieces? Hell, he was torn to penis. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Holy shit. His member went flying. No big deal. Don't worry about it. I do worry about it. I worry about it a lot. I am officially worried right now as I sit here. Yeah. I was trying to get more details on this. Like, how how does that happen? Just riding along on an open day motorcycle ride, feeling the wind in your face. All of a sudden, you just are a penis. That's all that's left of you. (laughs) What the fuck? But it's like... And to call someone finds you, your poor person who's now just a penis is all that remains on this earth of you. They find you, little penis. They they say, holy shit. They call the authorities, and the authorities go, oh, yeah, we know that penis is around. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, we already looked into that. So it's no big. Just don't touch it or nothing. Just, you know. We know exactly who the penis is. Somebody's going to have to go back to... And grab that penis and put it with the rest of whatever they picked up out of there. Right? You can't can't be put to rest on this mortal coil with your penis somewhere off and somewhere else? Flying through the air, potentially. What is that all about? 
Yeah. You bury me without my penis or cremate me and leave my penis on the side? Oh my God, I don't know. No. This is bringing up some serious existential questions. I mean, man. the authorities had to have taken the penis in, right? When it gets called in. Like, you can't I just don't know. leave it there you, to rot. You know, the way you read it, it kind of sounded like they didn't really give a fuck if about I, the penis. If, I, if you find a severed finger, that would be taken in for evidence. Uh, yeah, evidence if there's a crime. Is a traffic uh, collision oh, a crime, gosh. though? Yeah, no, and they said it. Oh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was just a car accident. Yeah, it's, not, it's just an accident. Uh, you know, if, if insurance has already been called on this side and that side. I mean, nobody has a policy on their penis, right? Oh, my gosh. I think people might need one now. I'm going to call my fucking insurance broker right first thing in the morning, dude. It's time to take out a penis policy. I can't afford to lose the penis. No. But they do cover, like, dismemberment. Dismemberment, yeah. Death <laughs> death or dismemberment. That's the literal dismemberment, right? Member, yeah. Your dist of your member right there on the side of the fucking... I, this is really shaking me, man. I, it shook me. That's why it's on the lanes. Penis flies from highway, Man, lands on truck and I gas knew, station. I knew when you got all narrative at the beginning of this that it was going to be fucked up. Congratulations. This one is just for you. Woo! Well done. Well played. Feels good. Didn't Ex- see that one coming. Ex- it doesn't feel good, though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, it's very creepy crawly. I understand that motorcycle accidents are horrific, but torn to pieces just torn to penis even yeah that is somebody's penis i don't like it i don't like thinking about it on to the next lane let's see (laughs) this is serious oh this is this is a great one uh also kind of serious i suppose Uh uh-oh um a virginia high school basketball coach was just fired after she impersonated a player during a game Ooh. Yeah, the 13-year-old girl was out of town at another basketball tournament when this 22-year-old, I guess she was an assistant coach, decided to step in, pretend to be that girl, wear her jersey, and play the game. But they knew she didn't have the moves, huh? <laughs> I'm not sure if they knew or not, but it, I Can watched some footage. you imagine being 22 and you're in there playing like 16-year-old high school kids? She was schooling them. I bet. You not just 16, be... like thir- 12 and 13. Oh, middle Come you know, on, like man. Eighth graders or be something. slapping that ball right out of there into their faces. Oh, well, it says high school. Yeah, I guess it could have been a few 16-year-olds. But she looked way out of their league. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it was. Uh, There's kind of a. Kind of obvious something was going on. You, fi- you finish those final stages of like growth and uh body gain you know in the early 20s yeah you know she uh she fit in with them like in stature you know they matched her i I don't know how tall they all are from uh the court view you know but ah it was just the way she was playing she looked like she was having the time of her life too you know yeah left to right left to right (laughs) <laughs> Making dunks. I bet that would be fun, but just do it in a, like a pickup game, you know? <laughs> yeah, at the gym for. Don't sneak fun. into a sanctioned like high school game. Yeah, the parents are pissed, obviously. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna fuck the team up. Between the parents and the players, they've decided to end the season early. Oh, see, you sucks. see what happens. You see what happens. Now everybody gets their time ruined just because of you. Yeah. They should just keep going. You know what I mean? They should just reschedule the fucking game. And, but they won't. They won't. Everything has to go all the way to 
ruined these days. I don't understand it. Yeah, well... Like, just just remedy the situation. Just like, oh, I see you, bitch. We caught you. Okay, it's not fair. Game's over. We rescheduled this game. Continue on with the season. Yeah, and laugh about it. How fucking hard is that? Because it is pretty silly. It's high school sports at the end of the day, people. Come on. Figured out. Well, I'm not going to let the lanes get ruined. Here's one last clip to okay. round us off. Two coyotes running down the street in the Inspirata neighborhood in Henderson. Nothing too unusual about that, but pay close attention to the last of the pack. That is not a coyote. It is a white dog known as Ghost. It's believed he was dumped in the desert as a puppy, and the coyotes took him in as one of their own. I am a coyote. True to his name, every time someone would approach him, Ghost would disappear. By October, people were reporting he was there all the time running with the coyotes at night. He was actually just running with them and eating with them, but then he started to limp. And we were afraid, limping, that the coyotes could turn on him. He was now spotted moving slowly and laying down often. Neighbors shared these maps of the paths Ghost would take with animal rescue group, the Southern Nevada Trapping Team. The first place we tracked him down, he was sleeping in down in a ravine, uh, but he got spooked out of there. On Saturday night, all of their efforts paid off. Ghost walked into this crate, baited with food. Fights have scarred his face and body. He also has an ear infection, eye infection, skin issues. His scrotum needs to be removed entirely. Oh, no. And a broken hey. toe needs to be amputated. Hey, how He's dare you? He's got some rocks you? in his belly because he was probably hungry and ate some rocks. Showing no signs of aggression and given his young age, once his medical work is complete, he will be up for adoption. <laughs> oh, oh see, see, it's, a, it's an ad. An adoption ad. Oh, I see. But also a cool story that the dog ran with coyotes and kind of a shame that they pulled him out of that life. Yeah, and then they got to take his screw. And they got to take his Couldn't they just have said he's got to be neutered or something? Like I didn't like the wording of that either. They're, you, that's much more normal and routine. Like, oh yeah, and, and he had to be neutered. Like We know what that means. What's this? Oh, he had to have his scrotum removed. They're being like all gross out about it. They're dismembering him. Oh, he had an ear infection, eye infection, tongue infection, butt hole infection. Man, there was uh, gangrene coming out of his knee. We got to take a toe. We got to take a penis. Oh and the balls. Gosh. Well, that was uh, quite the colorful list of lane stories you had for us there tonight. I must say. Thanks. Not a perfect game yet, but <laughs> some bull. We're damn close. We're damn close. Just got to keep practicing chasing that 300. That's right. Well, bowlers, you don't have to chase us because you know where to find us. We'll be back next week. Same time, same streams. Till then, you know I will be Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I will remain Dame DeLorean. May your bowls burn ever brighter. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. Man, don't you keep up with current events? Weed ain't illegal no more, nigga. He works things out to his end very well. He's a very devious person. I want to suck your dick. Hey, you know what you should do, Dennis? You should do a good job. Don't play games with me. You're a smart guy. Don't let me down, Dennis. I'll fire your ass so quick. 
guaranteed to blow your mouth's mind. You're always so much hotter than I think you're gonna be. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl dot com. Bowl after bowl dot com.